0: Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network.
1: Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.
2: This is the Decibel View Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro.
3: New Year, and welcome back to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Man, we're winding up one hell of a year, but we're bringing it to you today. We're going to tell you all the best albums that came out in 2021. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my always well researched co host, Chris Sinzak. You don't agonize over this at all, do you? Oh God,
0: don't even get me started. <laughs>
3: you got any last minute changes you need to make
0: i made a couple today actually but yeah i yeah, I uh, the ocd in me comes out every year when we do this and not that i want it to be hard work i just but like i'm like i want to make sure i you know kind of give 100 percent on on doing this and kind of that's our that's kind of our uh our mo with this every year is a lot of people are like oh i don't know what to e- where to even start so we kind of give you we're, we're trying to give you the best of what came out we tried to sift through the garbage to find the best stuff
3: yeah there was a lot of albums that came out in 2021 remember back in 2020 we said this this whole quarantine thing sucks man this is terrible but we just kind of figured all our favorite musicians while they weren't on tour while they weren't out doing shows clearly they must be working on new music we got a lot man a whole lot of music came out in 2021 some of it fantastic some of it you know not so good what we're going to go through today, we're going to show you all the best. You're going to know if you miss something, you're going to find it. But of course, before we do all that, we got to take care of our business. And our business is reviews. That's right, we like them from Podchaser, we like Facebook recommendations, and we like Apple Podcast Reviews. And guess what? We've got an Apple Podcast Review, and it is epic. I'm telling you, like four paragraphs long, epic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so strap in, but it was incredibly nice and uh, love this guy.
3: Yeah, it's totally awesome. Here we go. Get ready. Here it comes. It's entitled Two of the Good Guys. I've written a review of the Decibel Geek podcast before, but I felt it was time to do so again. July 14th, 2021 was a sad day in the world of rock and roll as we lost two 80s hard rock icons, Cinderella guitarist Jeff Labar and Kiss slash Cinderella keyboardist Gary Corbett. After this horrible news, Chris Sinzak graciously posted a picture of Jeff along with Jeff's family statement. And Aaron Camaro posted a great picture of Jeff and himself together on a fun night of drinking and mischief, and that was a photo taken by Eric Zach. Great memories of the friendship that Chris and Aaron had with this man who brought us some of the brought us some awesome bluesy rock with Cinderella. Some of my favorite interview episodes on Decibel Geek have been the episodes with Gary Corbett, man, he's not alone there. everybody loved those, yeah. It was so refreshing to listen to someone without a huge ego or ulterior motive tell his stories of touring with two of Rock's biggest acts. His stories of his friendship with Eric Carr and their road adventures together were priceless and so fun. When Gary became ill and was restricted to the hospital, Aaron took the time to post a video explaining the trials of his friend Gary and explaining that the family needed help with hospital finances. You could tell that the message was heartfelt and sincere and that Aaron really cared about Gary. Soon after Gary's passing, Chris posted a very heartfelt message on the Decibel Geek website telling of his and Aaron's time spent with Gary and the friendship they established and how Gary, among all the crazy rock star egos out there, was really one of the good guys. Ugh tough to read that kind of when it comes to rock and roll podcasts Chris and Aaron are truly two of the good guys I've been listening to the decibel geek podcast for the past five years along with a handful of other podcasts every now and then and Chris and Aaron are the most down-to-earth non-egotistical and drama avoiding guys except with one certain guitarist we won't mention
0: damn you Bruce (laughs) Kulick!
3: oh yeah In 2019, I donated to the and Pod Expo, and after doing so, Chris was gracious enough to allow me to guest host on an episode of the Decibel Geek Podcast, episode 379, This Is Your Life, from October 2019, one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Check it out. I think it's pretty badass, if I were to say so myself. This is the first time I'd ever done anything like this, and Chris and Aaron made me feel at ease, and I had a blast recording the episode. In June of 2021, I was on a family vacation which took us through Nashville. I contacted Chris and Aaron to let them know I would be in town for a couple of nights. Despite the fact that it was a weeknight, even after a long day of work, the guys were awesome enough to join me for dinner one night. Aaron even picked me up from a random corner in Nashville in the white Camaro to take me to the restaurant, and Chris was nice enough to take me back to my RV park. Thanks, Uber Aaron and Lyft Chris. <laughs> Even though we only hung out for about an hour and a half, we had a really great time talking music and telling concert stories. And I know I could have talked with them for another 12 hours. Hopefully, our paths cross again one day. That is one of the most epic and awesome iTunes reviews we've ever gotten.
0: Yeah, and that comes from Mark Starsky, who, as you guys heard in the This Is Your Life episode, was our co-host on that And, uh, yeah, we had a blast hanging out with Mark. And, uh, yeah, we don't mind meeting up with a listener after a hard day of work. And, you know, that uh, invitation's extended to other listeners. If you're in town, you know, and you know us, get in touch with us. We'll meet up with you.
3: Sure, why not? You know, it's always fun because we've kind of built this whole little family thing here with this, you know. And it's all people that love the same kind of music that we love. And it goes so much further beyond you know, listeners and content providers. You know, it doesn't even feel like that with no. us, you know, with the people that we interact with on our Facebook page and the Decibel Geek community group and, you know, just friends and people out there all over the world that we've got to kind of in one way or another cross paths with and become friends with because we're all on this same wavelength together man and that's the greatest thing about decibel geek it's it's all the friends that we've made doing it over the years and you know 2021 is gone so that's another one under the belt that was our 10 year anniversary 2021
0: yeah it's wild 10 years doing this it feels like uh yesterday that we started
3: yeah i can't believe it man insane but you know Mark brings up a great point right there when he talks about the people that we lost in 2021, you know, talking about Jeff Labar and man, especially Gary Corbett because we were really tight with Gary Corbett yeah. and I'll never forget the guy, you know. And of course, in 2021 unbelievably we lost Rock and Ron Runyon, you know, and he was such a huge part of the Decibel Geek podcast and of the Decibel Geek family that extended way beyond this show, you know he was out there, and there'd be times where it would almost seem like Rock and Ron was more famous within the Decibel Geek inner circle than any one of us.
0: <laughs> I think he still is.
3: <laughs> I'm sure he is. You know, and that's great. You know, that's fantastic. And you know, Rock and Ron's legacy is going to live forever on our Decibel Geek TV YouTube channel. You know, everything that he's done with us on Friday. friday night lives and all the great footage that he collected over the years that stuff's not going nowhere you Uh know it's going to be there forever and you know what the legacy of rock and ron lives on forever as long as this show is alive rock and ron's legacy lives on as well
0: yeah i mean we still get i still almost daily still get comments on uh on live footage that that he's posted on youtube so it's like you know there's we're still getting feedback from stuff he's done years ago wow that's awesome and I, you know, the funny thing is, and this is a little personal, but like, uh, you know, so the, you know, YouTube is owned by, um, Google now. So you're, you know, you're, we would use the same, we would both share a, a YouTube or a, a, a Gmail login to YouTube. Okay. So for some reason that would connect our, um, well, actually he had, well, I had to give him the decibel geek Gmail login information and so he would have the G the decibel geek Gmail connected to it. And so like Gmail or Google will bring up memories from stuff that, you know, pictures you've taken and stuff. Yeah. And I think Ron hadn't switched over to the other account several times and, so I every now and then I get a memories thing and it's it's Ron and Dawn on vacation from like five years ago, so I still get like memories of Rock and Ron almost on a daily basis. Still, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean I get a little choked up at times, but I'm like, you know what? That's just a good, another great reminder of uh, of what a great guy he was.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he'll be missed most definitely.
0: Yeah, and um, yeah, and I mean he. Uh, you know he was a par- around for part of 2021 so i'm sure he's familiar with some of the songs we're going to be playing today and you know um aside from the the sad stuff that we went through you know we had we had a great year for rock and roll and great year from hard rock and metal and
3: and a great year for rock and pod
0: yeah we had a we had a great event biggest event we've ever had and uh, yeah i don't have anything to announce right now but i am oh. i am working on it um there's actually conference calls all week this week
3: Nice, awesome! I knew you'd be working on it already. It's not even the end of the first week of January, and you're already on rock and pod duty. I love that. That means the announcements will be coming soon. We'll be working on you, God willing. (laughs) I'm gonna miss having Rock and Ron around on Friday nights to help me get get you drunk and coax stuff out of you that you weren't didn't plan on saying.
0: (laughs) I'll get drunk and say it anyway. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah,
3: gotta keep that legacy alive. Yeah. So that was a fantastic review from Starsky. Man, thank you so much, you know, and bringing back the memories of Gary Corbett and Rockin' Ron and Jeff Labar. And it's really awesome. You know, we'll never forget those guys, and we'll keep rocking as long as we can do it. If you want to leave us a review, it doesn't even have to be as epic as that. It can just be (laughs) like, hey, you guys are cool. Give us five stars, and we'll probably read it on the show. Yeah. But a great place to do it, just like Starsky did, Apple Podcast Reviews. You can give us a Facebook recommendation, and you should check out podchaser.com where you can leave all kinds of reviews for all your favorite podcasts. I highly recommend that. So that's a great way to help us out. Another great way that you can help help us get the word out on the street about what Decibel Geek is all about and what we're doing here all the time is when we come out with a new episode, we always make the announcement on Twitter and we make the announcement on Facebook. So if you take that original post off of Facebook and share it, or you take that original tweet and retweet it, we keep track of those names. We know who's out there doing it. We want to give you props and make you an honorary Geek of the Week.
0: Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Kristen Schimbeck, David Cathy, Rob Webb, John Verno, Aaron Baker, John Phillips, Simon Catt, Brent Tibbetts, Shane Aber, Pantheon Podcast, David Black, Lucharelli, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Mike Parnell, Reality Suite, Jay Shabluski, David Glenn, Ray Coon, Sit and Spin with Joe, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, Mark Alden Taylor, Darren Lanou, Keith Rockford, Kevin Williams, Paul Smith, PJ Brown, Shea Hargit, Hakan Bergstad, Alan Deshawn, Ernesto Aguiar, Kevin's on Fire, Doug Fox, Nick Minnow, Bill Hale, Mikhail Burrell, Sean Cullen, Eladio, The Central Scrutinizer, Focus on Metal Podcast, J.J. McElhenny, Vet Halen, Scott Crouch, and as always, The, the Mooger, Mooger Fooger. Fooger.
3: That's right. Those are our people, our geeks of the week. They went out there, they shared it, they retweeted it. They're telling people there's cool stuff happening on the Decibel Geek Podcast. And we couldn't really move on without talking a little bit about what all these fine people shared. That's last week's episode when we brought back Albums Unleashed and we did it with a KISS album. That KISS album was Psycho Circus.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's funny that we always get way more retweets and shares when it's a KISS episode.
3: Yeah, totally. That's the way it should be. I mean, they are the greatest band of all time, right?
0: Oh, um, What else you got? Oh, well, I'm just saying that it's
3: very cool that we got to really break down that album Mm -hmm. you know we had a really great time talking to mike plotnikoff
0: yeah it was great
3: and he gave us all kinds of cool stuff that we didn't know you know was it 100 complete no we were having a good time we might even skipped over a song or two i don't know
0: (laughs) sorry raise your glasses
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of understandable why we missed a song (laughs) it's
0: forget forgettable song so
3: we didn't want to remember it was on there, and neither did anybody else. Yeah,
0: Mike didn't exactly jump to say, hey, what about that song? You're
3: right, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what
3: about the beer song?
0: <laughs> You're right, it sounds like a beer commercial, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, it totally yeah. is a beer commercial.
0: Bud Light. <laughs> yeah.
3: But... uh had a great time with that. You know, thanks to all the Kiss fans that, you know, come around every so often and check out our show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, if you're still listening and you're, not, and you're not a Kiss fan or whatever and you enjoy this, you know, the, the best thing you can do, like a lot of these bands that we're going to... Yeah, you are going to hear some of your classic favorites and they've got a lot of money and whatever, but there's going to be a lot of basically struggling bands that we're going to feature today. And the best thing you can do to help these bands out is share this episode and get the word out about them. So people will buy concert tickets, merch, all that good stuff.
3: For sure, because rock and roll ain't what it used to be. You know, these bands aren't selling billions of albums. These are a lot of bands that are coming out with new music in 2021. You know, God bless them for that because more than ever, we need hard rock and heavy metal music. We got a lot of picks to get through today. Was there anything before we get to it? I guess we always kind of do it, look at the ones that were maybe close calls.
0: Yeah, well I mean some of the stuff that was close on my list is on yours, so obviously I'm not gonna mention those. Yeah,
3: don't spoil mine just yet.
0: Right. But um yeah, I mean I but I've got it meted out where I can I can tell some of the ones that didn't make my list that, that were of note. If you want me you want me to go first? Um, how
3: about uh well I can see your list and you can see mine. Yeah. so we know we won't spoil it for each other, but I noticed not on my list and also not on yours is cheap
0: trick. It didn't do a lot for me. I I liked the last one a lot better than this one. and But even the last one I didn't think was a lot. I'm, I'm not a giant diehard cheap trick fan. You know, apologies to those of you that are. But I don't know. I didn't really care much for it.
3: See, and I consider myself a big cheap trick fan, especially back in their 70s, harder rocking days. And it's all right, you know, but it makes me think like when... When like Robin makes appearances on other albums, it's better because those songs rock heavier. I don't know. Cheap uh, Tricks kind of kind of got a little soft. I think.
0: I gave it a five out of ten.
3: Yeah, it's okay. It's not terrible. It just didn't quite make my list. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, I thought for sure. I didn't even listen to this one because I thought, well, Chris is going to pick it for sure, because every time this band comes out with a new album, he chooses them. And it was The Darkness, and I was Mm -hmm. surprised to see The Darkness is not on your list.
0: I couldn't catch on with it, and I tried multiple times. I mean, yeah, there's a few songs that I'd like, but as a complete album, there's a lot of filler on it, in my opinion. I, I gave it a six.
3: Yeah, a lot of The Darkness albums are like that for me. Three or four really great songs, and the rest of it just kind of okay.
0: Yeah, I usually like most I usually like the majority of the album with them, but this one didn't do much for me.
3: Another one that was real close to making mine, I really this is probably the one I fought with the most that really teetered at that fifteen spot was the solo album that came out this year from Steve Whiteman, lead vocalist of Kicks, an album called You're Welcome, like totally self done mm-hmm. by the man himself, and it's really damn good.
0: I never even heard it.
3: Yeah, it's awesome. You basically it's so do it yourself, that if you find it on Amazon or eBay, I forget which one it's on, my wife ordered it for me because I told her I wanted it, and you order it and it comes from a record store like up the road from where Steve Whiteman lives.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's stocking the shelves. Hey, can I put some of mine in here?
3: Yeah, he's like, sure, I'll sell them on
0: eBay. I love Steve Whiteman. Still an amazing, just as good an entertainer now as he was back in the day.
3: And a great singer, great hard rock, just straight up, straightforward rock and roll. It's almost like a Kicks album. It really is. It's got, I mean, Steve Whiteman kind of is Kix. You know, he's so recognizable front man and great hard rock band behind him. And that's basically what this is. You know, it may not be all the members of Kix, but it's more or less a Kicks album oh, as sure. far as the sound goes. Um another one I know I don't we don't usually include EPs I mean we have in the past but I don't have any EPs on my list this year too many great full length studio albums but uh I was pretty excited when Guar came out with a disc with no name <laughs> It's four songs but it's acoustic versions of Guar songs
0: <laughs> I can't imagine that sounds good It's awesome Is it really?
3: You haven't lived till you heard the acoustic version of Fuck This Place.
0: <laughs> I don't... Hey, I, I'm going to stay away from that one.
3: <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Uh, another one that was really close to making my list, too, was uh, the, the self-titled album that came out this last year by the Black Spiders. It was pretty damn good. I didn't that know one, they
0: released anything.
3: Yeah, they came out with an album this year, and it was... It's good. It's oh, really sure. good. It, like I said, it really fought for that last... That 15 spot. <sighs>
0: No matter how thorough I am, every year there's stuff I miss, every time. And,
3: you're, and you are crazy thorough. Like you, you say, okay, I've got you know 50 albums, and 85? now I'm going to listen to them all. How many?
0: 85 were in contention on 85 my
3: list. in contention. So Chris Sinzak starts with 85 albums, and then what? You whittle it down to what?
0: Well, 15 is what we got.
3: Well, then he, from that he chisels it all the way down to 15.
0: I actually got, it was easy to get down to 17, and then i had a real hard decision to cut a couple
3: yeah mine wow. was right away i just like thought about my favorite albums that came out this year it was like bang 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 there's 15 you know let me listen around a little bit for stuff i might have missed and then kind of fought around the bottom half of it and then i had stuff fluctuating up and down the list but it's all together now one that i really fought with that i really liked most of was the new album by the Wild Hearts "21st Century Love Songs"?
0: But, yeah, that was in contention for mine. I got they got a seven out of ten. Um,
3: yeah, that's but, pretty uh, good.
0: But yeah, it's it was more. I didn't care for Renaissance Men that much. I like some of it, but it was a painful record to listen to the way it was produced. But uh, yeah, the "21st Century Love Songs" has a lot of like what you would love from like early two thousands Ginger. Yeah, yeah, I thought
3: it was pretty good. Same yeah. with the Wild Hearts, you know. Usually with them, it's five or six songs are really good, and the rest are kind of just there.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I checked out this one called Chez Kane. Have you yes. heard of this? Yeah. People are talking about her, so I was like, you know, every list I seen had this Chez Kane on it, and I was like, what is that? Is it the name of a band? What is it? It's a it's a woman singing hard rock stuff, yeah. and it's like, I don't
0: know, it's cool.
3: It really didn't do it for me too much. It's like if John Bon Jovi was a girl.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a good way to put it. Well, it was like a kind of, kind of like teeny bopperish hard rock. Like it kind of like if Tiffany had made a hard rock record in the eighties. Right. <laughs>
3: Or if Tiffany was the lead singer of Bon Jovi, yeah,
0: but I mean, it's no disrespect to her because I mean, there's I, no. I gave it a seven out of ten. Um, it, no, it all, it's
3: quality stuff. Yeah. She's a fantastic singer.
0: Yeah, she's very talented, and actually, you know, and I, I think our friends on Growing Up Rock picked it in their top list. But, yeah. uh, but no, I liked it a lot. Actually, I it was one of the Frontiers records that I liked the most this past year.
3: Right on. Yeah, a lot of people talking about that. Um, Kickin' Valentina came out with a new album this year that was yep. pretty pretty close for me too i really enjoy that band i can't help but notice you don't have no green jelly on your list
0: well you noticed correctly <laughs> <laughs>
3: did I, you listen to it
0: no i didn't even know they put a record out to be honest
3: it's not them. bad is it um, it's not bad <laughs> it's pretty cool actually i, I kind of s- like it
0: i still love the song serial killer from back in the day yeah yeah toucan son of sam
3: yeah <laughs> He does this song on there where it's all about you know I'm or we're the kings of parody in music or something like that, and then like in the video it's it says you know featuring Weird Al, but then all it is at the end is a little beep and a message like hey this is Weird Al just returning your call you know I'd love to uh, appear on your album with you if my standards were way way lower
0: Ah, is it really him. (laughs)
3: it's it's really him yeah it's oh cool. that's great yeah
0: <laughs> i need to i, I want to listen just for that
3: yeah it's cool that's um tip. you know king gizzard and lizard wizard one of my favorite newer bands out there they are known for releasing a lot of music they yeah. released two albums
0: in 2021 yeah it's an off year for them <laughs> eh, you know
3: yeah normally they'd have five or six by now but
0: yeah i didn't like what i heard from the, either of those records this year no
3: yeah, I don't know. The band's kind of hit and miss. Yeah. I also noticed you don't have the new Duran Duran on your list.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> did you I'm check surprised it out? it didn't make yours. Did you check it out? No.
3: <laughs> I did.
0: <laughs> I like a couple songs from the 80s, but that's where it ends for me.
3: I don't know. There's a couple of songs on here that seem like they would fit in like with the uh the early stuff.
0: It never fails to crack me up that I get shit for liking Bon Jovi, but you don't get shit for liking Duran Duran.
3: People like Duran Duran. There's something about that band. Like, they had potential. If they had just let Andy Taylor rock a little harder on guitar, they could have really been something, maybe.
0: Yeah, I'll take his solo stuff over Duran Duran. Yeah.
3: So what do you got that was close and didn't quite make it?
0: Uh, the ones that were close, well, there's aside from the ones that are going to be on your list, because they would have made mine, Um The Pretty Reckless, Death by Rock and Roll. Um, Are you familiar with this group?
3: A little bit. I think I've heard maybe one of their songs on the radio one time.
0: Well, it's interesting um, because the singer is Taylor Momsen, who's mostly known as an actress. I think she did Disney stuff. She also was in um, The the Grinch with Jim Carrey. She was like the main little kid. Huh, okay. Um, But like you know so a lot of the initial criticism was oh god this girl now she's going to be a rock star but they've really kind of come into their own and this uh this album was actually the album's called fearless this uh but no fearless is the record label but uh it's actually really good i mean and it's produced well and there's actually some decent songs on there there's guest spots from kim thale and uh matt cameron from soundgarden and tom morello does a song with them and um it it was very close to my this was one of the ones that i had to make a really hard decision not to put on the list so that that one's good
3: i've heard a lot of good things about that one
0: yeah really good album um one that i'm surprised you didn't pick was prowess blacktop therapy
3: that came out last year
0: oh did it yeah
3: that was on my top 10 of or top 15 last year
0: well, I got some bad information there.
3: Excuse yep. Me. Nope. Oh, sh- okay. Don't don't me. I'm a year ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I was saying, I was listening to it. And I was like, why the hell did Aaron not pick this? Because um, I liked it. It, would, it almost made Yeah, it's made badass.
3: Money. I love that album. That was one of my top 15 from last year, man. Get with the program. <sighs> yeah.
0: I've had too many uh, White Claws. Uh, so, well, two two albums that really weren't fair to put on my list, just for Decibel Geek listeners, because most of you guys listening are not big guitar nerds. So... You just want songs, which that's why I kind of cut these two. But Gus G with Quantum Leap that came out this year, it's an all-instrumental record. Um, Amazing playing on that. And John Five put out Center on Big Machine, which was uh, amazing playing on that too. Uh, Of course, there's a Peter Chris cameo on that. They do Georgia on My Mind, and Peter plays jazz drums on it. Wow. Which is kind of cool. Um, that was a, that, those almost made my those were the ones that were kind of eight out of ten for me. And then, and, you know,
3: let me tell you something, John Five. If you want to make it to the top of the year end Decibel Geek albums list, better put out that heavy metal album with Peter Chris.
0: Oh, that'd be cool. He'd
3: probably be number one on both accounts,
0: yeah. And then, um, a couple others that you know, then when the so then you, then you go into the sevens out of tens, and there was quite a few of those, but. Some bands that you probably haven't even heard of. Ectomorph. Have you ever heard of Ectomorph? No. They're, a, they're kind of a, a straight-ahead metal band. They're on Napalm Records. Crystal Viper, another uh, kind of old-school classic metal band. I've uh, heard of that. Royal Blood, which uh, they're kind of oh, critical yeah. darlings. Um, it's two guys in the band, and they kind of got panned by a lot of the more hardcore fans because they put a record out called Typhoons in it, but it's kind of a mix of garage rock and dance music. Um mm. Yet it's still got a 7 out of 10 on my list. I, I wanted to put it out just to piss people off, but I didn't want to do it. But uh, yeah. uh, Flossam and Jetson, Blood in the Water. You remember Flossum and Jetson was the number one album for me um, with The End of Chaos that's uh, right. in 2019. This one is good, but it doesn't have quite the melody and hooks that uh, the one in 2019 had. Uh, the one that's... I know a lot of you guys are waiting to hear if if this album made either of our lists, but uh, I'll go ahead and settle this one. Um Mammoth WVH did not make my list. Uh, I'm not into it. I it's I mean I Wolfie's got talent and um you know I, he plays everything, so like it's everything's really well done, it's well produced, but there's not a lot of stuff that you know not a lot of songs that really blew me away on it. I mean it's and I mean, I, my hat's off to him for going with his gut and doing what he wants. Sure. Um, and like a lot of people are, like, well, it doesn't sound anything like his dad. And I'm like, well, well no. he, did, he didn't grow up on the same music his dad grew up on. Like, the, so it, he grew up on bands like, you know, post, post-grunge bands, you know, Alter Bridge, Creed, Nickelback, all, that type of stuff. That's and this it, kinda, son.
3: Get to your room and listen to some of my albums right now.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I'm. Like anyone expecting it to sound like his dad was a moron because it's not going to. So um but no I mean it's an enjoyable record. I don't think it's bad by any means. I gave it a 7 out of 10. It just didn't make my top 15. Hmm. Um D Snyder leave a scar. That one almost made my list. Yeah. Um really well D is really kind of you know, you would expect to hear, you know, we're not going to take it type stuff, but he's really moved into the modern metal sound and done it really well. His voice is still great. He never oh, yeah. gets brought up enough in the great voices of rock and roll, but he really is one. That's true.
3: That is very true.
0: And then I had the Wild Hearts. Um, Jerry Cantrell, Brighton, his uh, new solo record. I had that one make it close to making yeah. it. Did um, you
3: check out the new Foo Fighters?
0: Yes, and that one actually got, that got a six. Yeah, uh, only I liked because it too. It was a little in, uneven for me, but uh the stuff that's that's good on it to me was really really yeah, good.
3: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There was like three or four songs on there that are really awesome.
0: Yeah, that's called Medicine at Midnight. Yeah, um, I liked it. I'll, yeah, that one I I was really considering putting it on the list cuz I actually liked it a lot. Um this will piss off some people. Limp Biscuit still sucks. Put on <laughs> got a 7 out of 10 on my list. Wow. Um almost put that on my list. I really need uh, to give that a listen. I mean, but you have to like the old stuff. That's the only way you'll like this. Hmm. Um, if you don't like the old stuff, you are not going to like this. So, because it's, it, it's very in line with with what it was. Um, Ches Kane was on my list. Uh, let's see what else here. Uh, Bloody Hammer, Songs of Unspeakable Terror. Huh. That I am um, intrigued by the name. Well, they're kind of like a horror rock band, and uh, I actually sent the uh, link to it to Baco because the singer kind of sounds like Baco. Oh, nice and it's but like everything's like horror movie themed and uh which is fun for the first four songs and then it wears itself out that yeah. was uh that was the only thing that kept me from really ranking it higher but the the first few songs it's one of those front loaded records the first few songs are great and then it kind of wears itself out and then uh plush Mariah for Micah's band with the other girls th- they're okay one that um gets a lot of love in the melodic rock category is Nestor. it's a album called kids in a ghost town um it's okay
3: i've heard some of that it's pretty good
0: i think it's being a little overhyped for some reason like they're the the darlings of the melodic rock movement i don't know why mm. but it's like some of my other picks on my list are in my opinion way better representation of that movement than they are
3: i had one that i really thought i was gonna love but it's always kind of hit and miss with his solo stuff. But Doug Pinnick put out a new album this year, Yeah, but I just couldn't get into it.
0: I hated it. I gave it like a two.
3: Yeah. It was not good.
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought it was terrible. And I, and I hate to say that cause I usually love his stuff. Right. Like yeah. You know, he did a project called pound hound years ago. That was yeah.
3: Brilliant. That's awesome. Pineapple skunk.
0: Some other disappointments. So now we're getting to the stuff that kind of let me down. Michael Schenker group put out immortal on nuclear blast. Um, Having three singers that are from your history sounds like a cool idea, but it didn't work in this one. Hmm. Um, the songs just aren't there.
3: Are they all singing on the same songs? Or are no, they split it's, up? it's
0: different guys for each okay. song, and and the production's like muddy as shit. So it's like I uh, I tried so hard to like it because I love Michael Schenker, but it just it didn't do anything for me. Um, one that's going to disappoint people that love this album, but I just couldn't do it was the Smith Cotson album with Adrian Smith and Richie Cotson. Yeah. I uh, I tried, and uh, I don't know. Something about Richie Kotzen comes off inauthentic to me, um, hmm. even on some of the winery dog stuff. I mean, I love the playing and stuff, but it just—it just comes off kind of prefab to me, you know. Uh, another disappointment was KK's Priest, KK Downing's thing. I, I, it just—it's—it's it's like if you want, uh, if it's like if you ordered painkiller on Wish. You know, it does it doesn't do anything for me. Um, yeah. I'll just listen to painkiller.
3: Unless you're a big fan of the Ripper Owens era of mm. Priest, you know, then you'll probably like it a lot.
0: I like some of that stuff, but it, it still just doesn't work. Um and I like I mentioned in past episodes, they were hinting around that Les Binks was gonna drum and I was like, Well let's get a fucking stained class type sound, but they went for the painkiller thing instead. Or jugulator, I should say.
3: Right, jugulator.
0: Uh Ricky Warwick, um, who's known for uh Black Star Riders had a When Life Was Hard as Fast. Kind of liked half of it. There's a couple of yours that I'm going to have issue with you on um, that I'll hold off on. And then after that, it's just a like Weezer put out OK Human, which is not a Decibel Geek type of album at all. You know,
3: Weezer can rock. They can.
0: Yeah. But they chose um,
3: not to do it on this one.
0: Well, that one has a lot of like strings and acoustic stuff, uh, so it's 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 a little different. And then Van Weezer came out, and I was let down by it. You know, they were talking about it being a big metal record, right. but I didn't think it was. No,
3: uh, uh-uh, not not the way they hyped it. And that's what sucks about Weezer because they really do have the ability to rock, and they do have some really awesome rocking songs throughout their career. But you know that those aren't their big hits.
0: Yeah, I mean, other letdowns were uh, Steve Conti, who I love from the past with his work with New York Dolls and also his solo stuff. He put out Bronx Cheer, didn't do anything for me. Doug Pinnock uh, didn't do anything. And then Lords of Black, which is a good kind of power metal band that didn't do much for me. Um, and then Lordy put out Lordaversity, which was seven albums. And well, every album has like a different theme to it, which I, it's ambitious. Seven albums of new
3: music? Yes, all at once. All at once. That's insane. That's got to be some kind of world record.
0: It might be, but I mean, but it wasn't fair for me to really give it enough time to digest it, so I can't really put well, them on.
3: No, the list. because I mean, you're a fan of other bands, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a little much. I mean, unless you're Kiss or somebody, you know, or some one of my all-time favorite bands. Odds are, I'm not going to get that. Cause one, it's got to be expensive as hell. Yeah, and two—that's all you're going to listen to for the next two months.
0: Yeah, probably is. Just I mean, be trying uh, to
3: take it all in. That's wild.
0: Another one that I didn't think was really fitting for our audience that I liked was Gojira's Fortitude. You know, they're kind of a—they're—they're they're a big, kind of a thrash metal band. Um, I like them. I thought that was good. Billy Gibbons' Hardware was kind of meh. I like um, there's
3: some really good songs on there though. It was, there was it's about half half, I'd say. Yeah,
0: I would have given it a five. Uh the Bronx, the Bronx six came out. The Bronx is a great punk rock band, but not really fitting for our audience. So hmm. uh Dream Theater a View from the Top of the World was okay. Um didn't do a lot for me. But yeah, I mean Buck Cherry's Hellbound did not like it at all.
3: You see, I forgot all about that one. I might yeah. I probably liked that.
0: And then there's a a newer band called Black Pistol Fire that's they're okay, but not not good enough to make my list. But that's pretty much what I got for all the also brands.
3: I think the only one that I really I felt let down by, really let down by was my own fault because I forgot how old Lee Kerslake is. Yeah. And I was like, Lee Kerslake's got an album out
0: and he just passed away. I was going to say, he's dead, isn't yeah, he's he? I don't dead know how he's dead now. You know? And
3: so I was like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be like old Ozzy stuff. And it's it's like folk music.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <well, laughs> and with an acoustic guitar, I mean,
3: it's cool because it's Lee Kerslake, but it's not what I'd hoped it was. and It's not what it could even yeah. have possibly been.
0: I'll tell you one that I'm excited for for next year, or for this year, I should say, um, Thorns by Tony Martin. I'm excited for that. Yeah,
3: one. me too. Yeah. So yeah, Maybe next uh, week we'll yeah. do our uh, what, what we always do.
0: Album Anticipation.
3: Album Anticipation next week. We'll look at what's coming out.
0: Yeah, because there's already a lot of stuff slated to come out in 2022. Yeah. So it's going to be another busy year. All the
3: stuff that didn't quite get out this year. Yeah. So I guess I got one more thing before we get into our big countdown. All right. And that is cover albums, tributes. Mm-hmm. We don't usually include them. Unless it's Ace Fraley.
0: <laughs> you include them, not me.
3: But I was going to say, 2021 was a big year for tribute albums. So here are my top five. Number five, Bonfire Roots. Does it count? I don't know. It's a tribute to themselves. It's a good record. Though. It is cool, though. Deep Purple, Turning a Crime. Them guys doing all kinds of covers. There's some really cool stuff on there. Yeah. Then I got Saxon with Inspirations. All the stuff that turned Saxon on and made them what they are. One of my favorite albums of the year, and I didn't include it because, like I said, there's already so many great brand new studio albums out there. I hate to include covers, but I really like this one, was Monster Magnets, A Better Dystopia. Never heard it. Those guys got it right. You find a bunch of songs that nobody's ever heard. Then you do them in the style of your own band, and then it's basically like a new Monster Magnet album, because I've never heard any of these songs before.
0: That's the Led Zeppelin playbook.
3: Yeah, it worked. It's a good (laughs) album. I recommend it. And then, of course, since I'm not going to include them on my list, which is an oddity for when they come out with a new album, this one really did it to me. I enjoyed the hell out of this. Number one cover album of the year for me, Enough's Enough, Hard Rock Night.
0: I'm shocked, I tells you.
3: Yeah, it's badass. I don't know if you had checked it out or not but uh
0: i heard a couple songs from it
3: yeah they take all them old beatles songs and old lennon songs and old paul mccartney songs and rock them out kicks ass i love it. it's pretty
0: good i mean you're you definitely you're a david going against a goliath Goliath trying to do a, a beatles tribute but they did a good job with it
3: and you rock them out you know you add more distortion you beef up the tempo a little bit put a little more punch into it and they did a hell of a job with it
0: Now we need a uh, Enough's Enough studio documentary that's eight hours long.
3: I'd watch that.
0: With uh, Chip's Enough just smoking weed the entire time.
3: I'd watch that too. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, brother. (laughs) All right, so now that we got all the small talk out of the way, it's time to get to the meat and potatoes of this episode. I got a feeling this is going to be a long, epic one. So get ready. Here we go. The top 15 Decibel Geek albums of 2021 chris what's your number 15
0: all right my number 15 is a new north carolina based band featuring singer darren caperna who uh auditioned for the acdc lead singer spot when brian johnson went down oh, yeah uh, he was With mangus one of the yeah mangus was our friend is uh, also one of the people that was a finalist for that um but the band's called the la maybe and uh those of you that watch friday night live will remember this actually no it wasn't friday night live i think it was the fresh blood that i played yep. this on um but yeah this and this album damn dirty tricks uh it's an independent record uh came out this past year i like it a lot a lot of acdc type riffing on the record for an uh, independent release it's got amazing production and uh there's a few filler tracks on it but overall it's a very enjoyable rock and roll record my favorite songs on this one are she's reckless fake and sucker punch Yeah, I've gone back to this record quite a bit this past year, and uh, yeah, the LA maybe. And It's nice to see some good rock and roll coming out of North Carolina. Yeah,
3: and I've seen that name come up on a lot of lists for people's year end. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm I, I'm sure they're going to get a, a label deal at some point, but then again, in 2022, who knows if you need one? Right, these days. Yeah,
3: there's a couple of albums on my list. I think that would fit that category. Yep. All right, so you ready for my number 15 of 2021? This is a band that might be familiar, especially to KISS fans. This will be their fifth studio album, and I'm talking about The Treatment. They've been around since 2008. They're from England. they got a hell of a resume opening for bands, like I said, KISS, Motley Crue, Slash, Status Quo, and Wasp. Oh, yeah. They've gone through a few lineup changes over the years, but the constants in the band have always been the drummer Donnie Mansworth and guitarist Tagore Gray, who is now joined by Tao Gray. So, I got like a brotherly guitar duo going on there. I like that. And they're rounded out by vocalists since 2017 Tom Rampton and new bassist Andy Milburn. for Good Luck is available now on Frontiers Records it's awesome it was mixed by Kevin Shirley that's not the last time you're going to hear that man's name today and uh, you know what you're going to get with the treatment it's always good straightforward hard rock songs with huge drums ripping guitar and like I said it's mixed by Kevin Shirley the production is fantastic sonically it's an awesome album the songs are all really good on it just great straight up hard rock the album's called Waiting for Good Luck I recommend it
0: yeah, I like them, and they've kind of flown under the radar over the years. But I know we played them years ago when they had a record out, and um, <clears throat> that uh, that album cover is pretty hilarious. Yeah,
3: I like that. Good stuff. All right. those are our 15s.
0: All right, so f- number fourteen, um, this band is predominantly hyped as another Greta Van Fleet style throwback, but uh, I'll take these they, I'll take these guys any day over Led Zeppelin light. Uh, they're called Dirty Honey. And I'm sure you've heard of this oh, band. Oh yeah,
3: they're like uh, what Greta Van Fleet is to Led Zeppelin, this band is to Tora Tora. Exactly. I like that.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you said that, because uh, the first time I heard the song When I'm Gone, which was all over radio a couple of years ago, I immediately thought these guys sound just like Tora uh-huh. Tora. Yeah, they sure <laughs> do. Uh, lead singer Mark LaBelle sounds like a mini-me of Anthony yeah. Porter, and that's a oh, good yeah. thing. Um, for a younger band to go after this sound though it makes me smile it's a, they've got good chemistry from the band members although the songwriting could be fleshed out a little bit on future albums there's not quite enough meat on the bone on this first full length record they did but uh, it's a good start uh, the riff on Take My Hand actually sounds like a lift of Bulls on Parade which shouldn't work but it actually does in that style uh, another "Another last time sounds like the love child of Little Wing and Tuesday's Gone so it's got a kind of a good classic rock ballad-y thing my favorite songs are Tied Up, Gypsy, and The Morning.
2: Night in my
0: Johnny's uh, a independent band. I mean, the, the, the record label is listed as Dirt Records, but I'm pretty sure it's an indie, indie label. Yeah.
3: It's okay to do it that way nowadays, you know? When you're making the top 15 of 2021 on Decibel Geek, you know you made a good investment in yourself and that you're going places. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I, I like I, I like this band. I mean, I, I don't think they're quite as much of a ripoff as... I mean, I, I respect Greta Van Fleet. They're pretty cool, but they're kind of the darlings but i think dirty honey i think should get a little bit more credit than what they have yeah
3: and it's probably just a coincidence that they sound a lot like tora, tora. i don't know if it's the yeah you know, they found wild america and we're like this is it
0: this is the sound we've been looking for i'd love to see them and tora, tora do a show that guys. would
3: be pretty cool i'd like that yeah
0: they have a good band and they actually did a um i think it was a year or two ago they did a cover of uh, Aerosmith's uh, The Last Child which was right on
3: that's very cool well we go from a young up and coming band to a returning legend Rob Zombie is my number 14 he made his return music on March 12th of this year with his seventh studio album The Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Conspiracy yeah It's his first in five years, the follow-up to 2016's The Electric Warlock and Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser.
0: That was five years ago? Yep. My
3: God. He keeps alive the tradition of horror rock and long-ass album titles. Lead guitarist John Five appeared on our good friend Talk To Me's show earlier this year and promised that the new album would be something that the longtime fans would love. And you know what? He wasn't lying. guitar piggy d on bass ginger fish on drums and of course the super beast himself they deliver a solid rob zombie album that would make a fine follow-up to hellbilly deluxe with a few songs that kind of harken back to his days in white zombie even i like this a lot the album went to number nine on the u.s billboard album charts but I never hear anything off of it being played on the radio, which is a shame because back in the 90s and the early 2000s, you couldn't turn on rock radio for 10 minutes without hearing a Rob Zombie song. It's funny how they turn their back on guys like that. But even though, you know, the corporate radio might have turned their back on them, the fans have not. Did pretty good. New music from Rob Zombie, my number 14 album of the year.
0: Not a bad record. I mean, definitely... If you, if you love old-school Rob Zombie, it's, it's definitely got everything you would want out of it. So, um, And, of course, John 5 plays amazing on it. I love mm-hmm. John 5. Oh, Great yeah. Player. All right, so from my number 13, this will be another familiar uh, name to Decibel Geek listeners, and especially the ones that watch Friday Night Live on YouTube. Uh, Jack's Hollow uh, comes in at number 13 on my list with Underdog Anthems. This was the final album that Michael Wagner produced a good way to go out um of course jack's on guitar and vocals angela Lee on drums and another familiar name peter baltus from except playing bass on this record
3: that's so cool
0: and uh, a lot of div- diversity on this record you get
2: yeah
0: tinges of metal blues and a lot more she has a great vocal delivery she can really shred a guitar um but her, her focus is on you know tasteful solos that really serve the song which i i do like that about her She does show off a little bit on the closing track that uh, I'm I'm gonna feature here in a minute. Um, But my favorite songs are "Say My Name," "High Class Bitch," "Wanted Woman," and this one that definitely will sound the most metalish. Breathe. So much, yeah. She really kills him on that. Song. The way
3: the way the song ends, and it's just her just ripping on the guitar as it kind of fades off into the distance. Man, love that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, for selfish reasons, for you and me, I'd love to hear a whole record like that from her.
3: Yes, for sure. Yeah, I'm the same way as you. You know, really wanted to love it because it was you know Michael Wagner's last project, and. Yeah, you know, the stuff that rocks, it's really, 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 really good. And then, you know, you got the stuff that's kind of country. And I say kind of country because we all know Michael Wagner don't do country. No. But this is pretty close.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it it made my list because of the diversity. uh, I mean, I'd want to hear a whole record like the song Breathe, but at the same time, it, it is a great showcase for the range of stuff she can do oh, so yeah, um, for sure. i have a feeling it's going to lead to bigger things for her for sure
3: i think so yeah jack's hollow she was awesome as a part of rock and pod as the uh the ladies got up on the stage and did their discussion and you know she fit right in there with those legends and you know people dig her and the music's great and i think yeah she's probably going to be a huge huge star one day
0: He's a really, really talented cat, I'll tell you what. For sure.
3: All right, that's a good number 13. I got one too. You know, I'm a big fan of the Robert Mason era of Lynch Mob. Mm-hmm. So that made it so I was very excited back in 2018 when it was announced that he'd be joining a project with George Lynch, Jeff Pilson, and Mick Brown. I'm talking about the end machine. They released their self-titled debut with Frontiers Records back in 2019. That album was killer, but I kind of figured it would be like a one-off, you know, because Mason's got his obligations as the lead vocalist of Warrant, Jeff Pilson just joined that awesome new band Black Swan, Mick Brown retired, and George Lynch has got like 15 other projects he's done in that meantime. Right. So thankfully, they were able to reconvene with a new drummer, the brother of Wild Mick, Steve Brown.
0: Who's now playing with Tesla. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, he, right. He replaced Troy.
3: Yeah, see, so everybody's got their own stuff to do. So extra thankful when they came out with Phase 2, which was released on April 9th.
2: Wrong, right, black and white Staring across the dark divide Stand up your mind tonight.
3: would sound like if everyone had their say, except for Don Dockin'.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're probably right.
3: And it's awesome. <laughs> I gotta
0: admit, I like this one better than the first one.
3: Me too. Yeah, it's yeah. really fantastic. It was recently announced that Don intends to release a new Dockin' album early in 2022, and it's going to be interesting to see how it stands up to the end machine, because while Dockin' hasn't released a new album since 2012, the end machine has been picking up the slack by possibly doing docking better than docking
0: oh and i i love robert mason i mean he's an incredible vocalist and jeff pilson is just one of the hardest working guys in the business you know on top of black swan he's also got the permanent gig in foreigner so he's on the road constantly and um yeah great producer i mean jeff pilson really needs to get you know get some credit for his production work too
3: yeah for sure it's an amazing album Man, Frontiers Records, we're only up to number 13, and they've already come up several times.
0: Oh, they're going to come up several more, at least on and my And they list. will. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're up to number 12. And um, this is a, a band and album that flew under the radar for me, and I think a lot of people, until uh, I saw a review on MelodicRock.net uh, praising it. Do you remember MelodicRock.net? They're still around, but like they hmm. used to be a, a much bigger deal, it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but i still follow them because they do have a good finger on the pulse of this type of stuff and once i saw the lineup of this band my ears perked up because um i'm happy to say the results are good it's a band called seven ravens and this is probably more of a of a project thing um the album's called barely hanging on and it was put out independently now the it's an all-star cast so michael Borman from jaded heart bonfire and silent forest bassist tony franklin obviously from the, the firm and blue murder yeah uh, also, but like they have multiple musicians on these songs. So then uh, bassist Donnie Van Stavern from Riot and Alcatraz. Drummer Bobby Jer- Jarzombik from uh, Riot, Rob Halford and Sebastian Bach. Wow. Drummer Matt Starr from Mr. Big, Ace Fraley yeah. and Black Swan. Uh, really great songwriting and riffing on this record. It was actually formed by uh, songwriters Scott Bazette and James Lapack who like could write amazing songs with They were so proud of the songs that they had written for this thing that they were like, we got to bring in really top-level musicians to do it. And um, I love how the music can kind of go from arena rock to borderline thrash and power metal. And uh, it's good proof that an independent album can actually sound just as great as anything coming from a major record label. Seven Ravens, uh, Barely Hanging On. My favorite songs are Wake Up, Web of Lies, Time is a Thief, and Wouldn't Change a Thing. On some of it, yeah.
3: I'm just going to go ahead and say right now, Matt Starr, Decibel Geek, Drummer of the Year. Yeah. <laughs> and as this as this countdown goes on, you're going to see why.
0: Yeah, I mean, incredibly talented guy. Um, also, really nice guy. Um, you know, he does a lot of motivational speaking through social media, and I've actually gotten a few things out of some of the stuff he said. So, uh, my hats off to Matt Starr, a talented guy.
3: Right on. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so we're up to number 12, and here's mine. It's been a very, very interesting time for longtime fans of German metal band Halloween. Yeah. It's kind of hard to explain. I don't speak German. I know most of our listeners probably don't speak German, so I'm going to explain it to you in KISS. Okay. So imagine... If Ace Fraley and Peter Chris rejoined KISS, but they didn't replace anyone. So now KISS consists of Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Tommy Thayer, Eric Singer, Peter Chris, Ace Fraley, and ah, oh, what the hell, let's throw Bruce Kulik in the mix too. It's
0: a family affair.
3: So then you get all these people together, all different members of different eras of the band. They go on tour. They go back into the studio together. And it all works. While never in a million years would that be a successful situation for a band like KISS, no. that's almost exactly what has happened with Halloween. Guitarist Michael Wykath and bassist Marcus Grosskop have been around since the very beginning in 1984. Classic era guitarist Kai Hansen left the band in 1989 and classic era vocalist Michael Kiske would depart in 1993. Pink Cream '69 vocalist Andy Darius replaces Kiskey in '94, yep. and since the mid 2000s, the modern lineup has been solidified by guitarist Sasha Gerstner and drummer Daniel Lobel. They released five strong studio albums since then, and things were really good. You know, they were great albums. Things were happening in the world of Halloween. But then in 2016, Kai Hansen and Michael Kiske come back into the picture. And instead of dismissing longtime loyal members of the band, Andy and Sasha, they instead become a seven-piece band. And it works.
2: Go, 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 go. We just love-
3: was released on June 18th Nuclear Blast Records, self-titled to show the solidarity of the combinations of the classic and current lineups. and It's something they can all be proud of, for sure. It's crazy, because it seems like it'd be an impossible situation on paper. But it's a really great album, and it's going to satisfy all their fans. The old school fans, the new school fans, people that have never listened to Halloween before. It's going to make everybody like this album a lot it's self-titled go check it out it's badass
0: no i love that they've pulled this off and i've listened to the record and i like it a lot uh it, it's really good stuff and it's kind of like where they succeeded where michael schenker kind of failed with bringing the other the old school vocalist to his thing although his thing is more of the songwriting than anything but but like no bringing kai hansen back was a big thing yep. but you know having the the extra vocalists on that are good like i could imagine if I'm not a diehard Halloween fan, but if you were, you you couldn't be any happier, right. To have all these people involved,
3: yeah. Because I mean, you get you get the best of both worlds. You know, you you get something without losing anything, yeah. and that just makes it even greater.
0: And I saw their name pop up on a lot of people's lists this year. Yeah, so good awesome. choice with that one. All right, now for something a little different. Okay. All right. So we're we're on to my number eleven. You're sneaking
3: that Duran Duran in, aren't you?
0: How'd you know? <laughs> um, no. Um, but this is by far the most creative album that I heard in 2021. And uh, it's a person that, that we know well, at least through the Rockin' Pod ties. I'm talking about Jason Beeler and the Baron Von Bilski Orchestra with songs from for the apocalypse from Frontiers Records. This, uh, this was a wild record that came out, and... Uh, Anyone who knows Jason outside of Saigon Kick will understand that this album makes all the sense in the world. If you've heard any of like the Super Transatlantic stuff that he did, and a lot of his other stuff that he's done outside that, and although a Saigon Kick, you know, is one of those bands where they were more diverse than what people gave him credit for. Yeah, that's true. So this is not a big shock. Um, oh, it's
3: weird, man. It's weird.
0: It's a weird record. Um, but he's definitely not restrained to a genre or style. It is a rock album, but it does bravely venture into so many other territories, including progressive, gent, metal, and a bunch of other stuff. The soundscapes he's created with this record are unreal. Uh, It feels almost cinematic when you're listening to the record. Um, Like many Frontiers projects, there are a lot of guest musicians on this record, but however, unlike a lot of Frontiers records, the entire thing sounds 100% Jason Beeler. He has like an eccentricity and a sense of adventure that uh, you'll remember from saigon kick because they did meander a lot um if you got past love is on the way you, you know that they dabbled in a lot of different things oh for sure honestly though i'll probably revisit this record more than i do the old saigon kick stuff um it's a very interesting record uh my favorite songs are apology anthem for losers alone in the world and bring out your dead Of course, having an uh, amazing solo from Devin Townsend. Talk about somebody who is also eclectic. Um, I love what Jason did with this record. It's a brave record, and uh, I just love that it's a hundred percent him.
3: Yeah, it's definitely that, you know. Because for me, I always listened to it because I was a Saigon Kick fan. I listened to it for that, you know. And that's not. It is, but it's not. You know what you get with that. You know, there's definitely you listen to it and you know that that's where you know where that comes from. It's it's him. Yeah. I don't feel like if I say man this is a really weird album, I feel like he'd say thank you. That, oh, yeah, that's that's what I was going would. for. So I don't <laughs> yeah. feel bad about calling it a weird album. It's cool, but it's weird, man.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm not it's it's not one I listen to from front to back without skipping cuz there are a few songs that I'm like, Ew, "What the hell are you doing here, Jason?" but the songs that I that I love on it, I really really love.
3: Yeah, right on. That's awesome. So then, with that, how about something completely different?
0: (laughs) Well, anything could be.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It would be anything, yeah, but this is definitely different. I'm talking about the 28th overall studio album by the immortal Alice Cooper. Yeah, Detroit Stories, released on February 26th on Ear Music. I don't know what that is. Recorded in pieces all over the place. You know, places like Nashville, Nashville. Arizona, Switzerland, the UK, Canada, and of course Detroit, because that's what the album's all about. Alice Cooper's tribute to his days as a young rocker in the Motor City.
2: I won't plug in, to that machine, I hate the sound, I hate that scene. I sure ain't hip, I sure can't uh, I lost the script, I lost the plot this flies are everywhere, I feel them hiding there On my face, in my hair I just can't cope with all this disease It's pushing down, down, down Down on me, look at me, what you say
3: of a mix of early alice throwback style songs and a few covers of fellow michigan legends like outrageous cherry the mc5 and even bob seeger the original alice cooper band plays on two songs and there's a ton of guest players including wayne kramer from the mc5 and mark farner from grand funk plus a whole lot of others and of course bob ezrin contributes all over the place on it and he also produced the album It went to number 47 on the U.S. Billboard album charts, but it went to number one in Germany and performed really well in most other parts of the world. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's cool. I like it. It, At first, I was like, eh, kind of generic. And then when I listened to it a few more times, the more I listened to it, the more I dug it.
0: You and I are going to disagree on this one.
3: (laughs) Hard to believe, man. I know what a huge fan of Alice Cooper you are.
0: Oh yeah, he's one of my top five favorite artists. Yeah. Um, but no, this I gave this one a four out of ten. Wow, it, uh, it did nothing. It did not do much for me, and and I hate to say it because I was excited for it, but I don't know. It, like he put out breadcrumbs, you know, a year or so ago right. with a few few songs that wound up on this, and it that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like what was an EP, and then he threw a few extra songs on, and. I get that he's proud to be from Detroit, but I wish the whole Detroit thing would die. (laughs) It's like, kind of enough with the Detroit thing. And I know you agree with me on this. I want him to get Ryan Roxy, Tommy Hendrickson, Nina Strauss, Glenn Sobel, and do a real proper record with his touring band.
3: And I think, if I'm not mistaken, we talked about this earlier in the year, that's what he's talking about doing for the next one. I hope so. Me too. Because
0: they deserve it, man. I mean, like... And they're no slouches. No. I mean, t- Tommy Hendrickson's one of the most in-demand songwriters there is. Ryan Roxy mm-hmm. has written tons of great songs and it's like, get those people in. Nita Strauss is stepping out on her own as a, you know, a solo artist. So why don't you work with them?
3: Yeah. You got the best band in the world outside of Ace Frehley and Gene Simmons. You know, I don't yeah. know. It does seem kind of all over the place because it's, You know, like I said, it's recorded in all these different places, but Bob Ezrin ties it all together. It's got the Detroit theme. He loves it, man, and Detroit needs love now more than ever. I mean, Detroit used to be this awesome place, you know, where you go hang out with Alice Cooper and go see Kiss playing at Cobo Hall and all these awesome things, and now look up Detroit one time on YouTube.
0: You
3: know? Like, let's take you back to all these awesome places that are either – tipping over dilapidated or just been plowed over
0: yeah but i mean alice was in detroit till he was like nine i mean come on but
3: then he came back (laughs) they went to la and couldn't cut it and they went back to detroit and then that's where it really kicked off for him
0: i know and i'm being a prick
3: don't be a prick to alice cooper you love alice
0: i loved him on counting cars this past year does that count
3: (laughs) it does a little bit i guess
0: yeah his car collection's awesome Oh, i'm sure but uh I love Alice Cooper, but yeah, this out, I'm sorry, Alice, this one disappointed me because I know you're listening.
3: Well, you know, and even with me, you know, I would think like at the beginning of the year, if you would have gave me a list of bands that were coming out with albums, I would guess that Alice Cooper would probably be number one or number two, but Detroit stories for me comes in at 11.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. So we're now we're ready for the top 10.
3: Top 10.
0: All right. So here we go. Uh, this is uh, another under-the-radar band that I think deserves a lot more praise and attention. And if you love Hanoi Rocks, Dogs Demore, other bands like that, you're going to love this band. I'm talking about Dirtbag Republic. and They put out a, an album called Tear Down Your Idols on Vanity Music Group, owned by our friend Dave Tetter. And uh, I think I either played this on Friday Night Live or on Fresh Blood. I can't remember which. And it was a hit. Yeah, and people loved it um had a lot of good feedback on it and uh, this album has a nice crisp guitar tone and really punky vocals so it's kind of a hard rock meets punk type sound and uh, dirtbag republic my favorite songs are main objective did all i could and wannabe right ahead rock and roll
3: i like to see that you know that it's like we're talking about guys like alice cooper and jason beeler and all these guys that are kind of giants in the world of hard rock and you know also mixed in here are a lot of up-and-comers
0: yeah and if you look at the album cover gene simmons makes a little tiny cameo oh really just look for uh, dirtbag republic tear down your idols buy it through vanity music group and tell dave tedder that i made him a sale.
3: Yeah, buy that album because <laughs> when Gene Simmons finds out, he's going to need a cut, so you're going to have to buy two albums just to help the band.
0: Yeah, you, you use my makeup. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but that's the cool thing about this, you know, when I mean, we're talking about like the big names that come out with stuff too, because, you know, whatever's good is good. But like Chris has had a couple of picks already of like up and coming type bands, even a band like The Treatment isn't a household name. At the very least, you know, go to their Facebook page, give them a like and tell them you heard it on the Decibel Geek podcast and then look at their merch pages and see when they're going on tour. If they're going on tour, they're going on tour eventually. Trust me and support these bands, you know, old, new, and everything in between, you know, let these bands know that not only is rock still alive, and not only is rock music still important, but let them know that you still care about rock music.
0: Yeah, it just, it irritates me with people, oh, there's nothing good that's come out, and I'm like, are you are you on the same planet as me? Yeah,
3: look at this list of 85 albums I have
0: here. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. There's so much good music yeah. that came out last year. It's
3: true. It's just the only difference is is the way you learn about it, you know, you're not picking up a, you know, a hit parade or a metal edge in the grocery store and you're not turning on your radio and hearing nothing good and you're not turning on MTV because God, why would you turn on MTV in 2021 or 2022? You know, so your new delivery system, and we're proud to be it, is the Decibel Geek podcast. So we're letting you know what was good, and we're telling you, man, it's not dead. Not even close, man. There's so much good music coming out right now.
0: Yeah, but don't hate me if I like watching Teen Mom. I'm just saying. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's gonna happen next? She's gonna have a baby. A teen mom. All right enough shenanigans number 10 for me the subject of much debate and conjecture when it came out this past fall i'm talking about the latest album the 17th studio album from iron maiden senjutsu oh now don't tell me iron maiden wouldn't have made your <laughs> list at all
0: uh, iron maiden would not have made my list for at for real
3: all. oh wow
0: for real
3: Wow, I'll be damned.
0: This album sucks.
3: First new album in over six years. That's ridiculous. Don't make us wait six years. That's the longest break in between Iron Maiden albums in all of Iron Maiden times. It's a follow-up to 2015's Book of Souls. It was released as kind of a surprise. It seemed like the rumors started making the rounds that there might be a new Maiden album, and all of a sudden, boom, there it is. And a big thank you to Target. Target for still carrying rock CDs. That's where I got my copy. This one's produced by Kevin Shirley, his second mention on the list so far. It's one of the most popular rock and metal albums of the year, reaching number three on the U.S. Billboard album charts, and it went to number one pretty much everywhere else. It's probably the most divisive rock album of the year, as many people loved it. It seemed like just as many were disappointed by it. Many fans accused it of being too epic.
0: too long and went nowhere
3: well i mean seven out of the ten songs are over seven minutes long it's definitely epic and maybe even bordering on prog metal but it, i mean it's still iron maiden it still sounds like iron maiden and some of these songs yeah they're a little drawn out but at the core it's still maiden some loved it Did you say so <laughs> some hated it i'm somewhere in the middle with it you know i appreciate it even with all the crazy long intros to the songs, I still appreciate it. And for me, it's number 10.
0: I think you picked one of the better songs, so I'll give you credit for that. You know, if you fast forward two minutes to actually get to where the song starts, <laughs> it's okay. And then the, the the part at the end of the song is really cool. It's, it's like really emotional. I, like, I do love the end of it, um, but... I don't know, man. I tried so hard to like this. I'm not a giant Iron Maiden right. fan, so let me preface it with that. So, all of you that are big Maiden nut swingers, I'm sorry. Um,
3: we don't accept your apology.
0: Well, good. <laughs> uh, I I prefer the I prefer the Blaze Bailey era. No, I'm just no, I prefer the Paul Diano era. Um, although you know, "Wasted Years" is like one of my favorite songs of all time. But I I love the the you know the bigger maiden songs i love somewhere in time i love of uh, the ancient mariner i love you know number of the beast i love sure. all that stuff but th- this i honestly thought that book of souls was better than this record i don't
3: know i don't think so i think this one's a little better and i talked about it on a friday night live i think was when i got the album of course i always put the you know buy the cd list to it for a few days then i take it and Pick the songs off and I like the best and put it on my iPod and put it, you know, I can listen to it on shuffle or whatever. But for Senjutsu, I actually took a lot of those songs, put it into the same program that we used to edit the episodes and really trimmed down some of those intros and just like got right to it. So my edit on my iPod. Bumps this up to number ten.
0: <laughs> well, send me your edit of the album, and maybe I'll change my opinion.
3: <laughs> maybe it couldn't couldn't
0: hurt. <laughs> I don't know. I you know in this and in and this didn't have an eighteen minute song to close the album like Empire of the Cloud. Right. So. Yeah. So I'll give it credit for that.
3: Just ended with 3 10 minute songs.
0: Yeah. I just I don't know. It just it's a bloated record. Didn't do anything. For
3: me. No. Number ten for me.
0: All right. So number nine for me is Todd Latore rejoice in the suffering which was released on ratback records and i expected this to be kind of a queen's copy album surprisingly it's really not um some stuff on here is a lot heavier than expected uh todd latore has definitely found his own voice with this he still hits huge high notes but like i hear a big judas priest influence in a lot of this stuff the guitars are a little overcompressed, but like many things these days uh many of the riffs are really good though um, and it's like where K.K.'s Priest kind of failed with the Painkiller-era Judas Priest sound. This sounds this one succeeds, and it's like Painkiller-Priest meets Testament on a lot of the stuff. Wow. Favorite songs are Pretenders, Hellbound and Down, Dark and Majesty, the title track Rejoice in the Suffering. But uh, it, don't worry, though, if you're a Queensryche fan, there's some really cool stuff on here. Just listen to the song Vexed. What? The Tory just busting it out.
3: Wow! I didn't even that one totally flew under my radar. I'm not a big Queensrÿch guy. I never really have been.
0: It's heavier than Queensrÿch for the whole thing. That's
3: that intrigues me, man. I'm gonna check that out. That dude's a hell of a singer.
0: Yeah, he's got a great voice, and I think he sounds more like his own thing on this. So, although the the Queensreich stuff he's done with this, don't discount it. I mean, it's it's really really good.
3: Right on. I'm gonna have to check that out.
0: Yeah, I think you would like it.
3: Not bad. Number nine. Here's mine. This one, man, 2021. It was a damn good year to be an Accept fan. In a world of aging, legendary vocalists that just can't seem to cut it anymore, you still got Udo, baby, screaming his head off like it's 1983. Hard to imagine. That this guy is 69 years old when you hear how great he sounds on this album. Show, let the devil let the eagles fly. old school except man there's nothing not to love about game over if you're a fan of udo on his own well this is his 17th stellar studio album and the band he's got including his son on drums is killer game over it ranges from heavy metal to hard rock and even a really good acoustic ballad on there yeah i did not expect that but it's actually pretty damn
0: good yeah i need to listen to more of this one because i the, the song he picked i really liked a lot and um the guitar sound on this record is really fucking good. Yeah,
3: the whole thing's killer, man. Udo, and he doesn't just meet expectations; he smashes them and surpasses them. Udo, game over. Highly recommended. That's my number nine. It's good.
0: I did not see that one making your top ten, but that, that's a good. I'm they'll have to check more. Into I didn't that see
3: one. that one making my top ten either. You know, I haven't, and this is my mistake, and I'm going to have to go back and rectify it. I haven't really followed Udo as much. As I stuck with Accept. And I see now in 2021 that that was a mistake. And I need to go back and check out more of Udo's solo stuff. Because if it's like this, man. And I love the old school Accept. The classic era when he was the lead vocalist of it. And I love Accept nowadays too. But you know I really love that old stuff. And this sounds like a natural progression from that. I mean, it's him. It's, he's got that unique voice. Nobody sounds like Udo and man it it just rocks it's so good so good
0: i could be wrong but i think this might be the record that uh when i met peter Baltas in 2020 i think he told me he was working with udo on a record i think peter might play and be part of the song yeah that record. would
3: make sense because i mean it's definitely got a lot of good except flavor to it but of course it does you
0: know yeah all right so we got a number eight for me I hate the name, you know, it's one of those, it's funny thing where, you know, the band is really good, but I hate the name of the band, and this is one of those cases, Wigwam.
3: Oh, wow. Isn't that like an old, like classic 70s Canadian band?
0: I don't know if they're that old, but like Wigwam's like an old Indian term, I think. It's probably considered racist today. No, it's
3: Wigwam is what the Native Americans lived in. It was a style of home, kind of like an adobe hut.
0: Like a teepee, right? Sorta. Of. Yeah, but like I, this band's been around forever. I know that they've been around for a long time. And Rock and Ron loved this band. He did. And I never could really get into this band until this past year, and they put out an album called Never Say Die on Frontiers. And it's you know it's immediate throwback vibes from the opening title track, and then the wide vocal range from the singer. There's gang vocals. There's big guitar solos. I mean, what's not to love? i mean I've, I've always hated the name In some previous releases i've actually tried to get into but this but this one really feels like a step up and uh never say die has uh my favorite songs are shadows of eternity my kaleidoscope arc strange name and it's a good power ballad in 2021 call of the wild and the title track never say die Actually played um, a song called Kilimanjaro on Friday Night Live from this. Album. Oh yeah, and it, well, it was kind of mixed results on what people thought of it. But the rest, it, it's a little odd on that song. But like this title track and a lot of the rest of the record, I think most Decibel Geek listeners will get into. Uh, and it's hmm. produced really well. I love this record.
3: Wigwam,
0: still hate the name.
3: <laughs> All right, well, that's pretty interesting. Number eight. Here's mine. Right. Few hard rock legends are as proficient nowadays as L.A. Guns. Back in 2017, the duo of Tracy Guns and Philip Lewis were reunited by Frontiers Records, and they came out with The Missing Piece, which was a pretty damn good return to form. Then less than two years later, they were serving up another new album, in 2019's The Devil You Know, in which the modern era of the band appeared to regel even more. And then two years after that comes the announcement that L.A. Guns has got another album, new music in the works, coming on Frontiers. And while there's no such thing as too much original music by this band, I was a little worried that, you know, the way they keep churning them out, I, you know, is this going to get stale? Is it going to get old? But you know what? I should have known better. While the classic stuff can never be denied, L.A. Guns has in the past five years released albums that musically can stand up with some of their best. It's game,
2: and I know just to play it. Yeah, I know just what to do. It's a shame that always losing 80. Yeah, I play the game. without
3: saying ripping guitars all the way through it
0: yeah you beat me to this one (laughs) this would have absolutely probably made my top 10 um nice second pass is badass and um yeah this is the album i've been hoping that phil and tracy would put together since they got back together
3: yeah it's it's totally badass i freaking love it it's great keep them coming you know you guys are just banging them out every two years new la guns new la guns and every time you seem to outdo yourself from the time before la guns they might be old school but man they're far from played out
0: yeah all right so uh my next one we're gonna go for a very another old school band um But one that I consider kind of one of the most criminally underrated rock bands from uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. I'm talking about Thunder. Um, Mostly known for the one song, Love Walked In, which was kind of on the tail end of the hair metal movement. And uh, they never really kind of got the the just do they deserved. But uh, this new album, All the Right Noises, has everything you would want from Thunder. It's got hooky blues rock riffing, huge drum sounds, soulful vocals. It's uh, delivering what you know delivering what your fans expect is not as easy as it seems, but they continue to do it. There's nothing exactly groundbreaking on this record, but good solid blues based rock and roll is still needed and I think they deliver it. And uh, they even released a second CD of bonus songs, a full CD from the sessions and many of those songs are as good if not better than the album. Oh wow. And uh, my favorite songs on this are Destruction, She's a Millionaire, and You're Gonna Be My Girl. just continuing to you know provide consistent good rock and roll
3: that's wild man that's one of those bands i never really knew about until years later and you hear people talking about them i see thunder cds when i'm out on my hunts all the time and i never get them
0: you should i think you would like them
3: i guess i'm gonna have to start picking those up because i had no idea
0: yeah the vocalist man he's a he's a great singer and he sounds just as good now as he did back in the 90s
3: that's cool man bringing it back
0: you, you remember the song dirty love that was kind of a hit
3: i don't know i guess maybe if i heard it
0: yeah it's it'd probably
3: be one of those would be like oh yeah i remember that yeah one.
0: i mean it was it was kind of dated by the time that it came out but uh but yeah they're they're a really good rock band
3: it's a good number seven all
0: right what you got
3: man we started 2021 with so much hope After all that went down in 2020, everybody wanted so badly for new beginnings and a fresh start in 2021. And with this one, it was really the first really important album of the year to come out. And it made it feel like, you know what? It's going to be all right. And I'm talking about except Too Mean to Die. Wow what an album
0: this would have made my list too if you hadn't beat me to it
3: (laughs) i know it would have yeah this should if this is not on your list you haven't heard it because it is amazing it's their 16th studio album the very first to feature new bassist martin motnick who also had a pretty great solo album come out this year and also new guitarist phil Schaus. we know that guy we know him heck yeah it's amazing. I love it. And to just think, you know, Christopher Williams and Philip Schaus, our guys from here in Nashville, are members of Accept. I
0: don't, never would have expected it, but they, they've certainly earned it.
3: Like way back when we first met those guys, if somebody would have said, hey, these guys are going to be members of Accept one day, <laughs> I'd be like, eh, makes sense. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: I'm so happy. Makes sense them. to me. say a whole hell of a lot about that i mean he's probably one of the greatest metal producers out there doing it right now i mean the stuff he does with judas priest and overkill and accept and everything else he does i mean he really knows how to take an album like this and just make it sonically superb it's amazing the band it's killer man the songs are amazing 2017's Rise of Chaos, I like that one a lot, too. but I like Too Mean to Die even better. Yeah, I
0: do too. It's a great record.
3: I'm even going to go as far as saying this is the best Accept album of the Mark Tornillo era.
0: I would, well, mm, I don't No,
3: know. it is. I'm telling you. You can go back and listen to oh, them all. No, I wouldn't man. blame you Blood if you Blood of did. the
0: Nations is pretty great. But, uh,
3: and there's some pretty close calls in there, but I'm telling you, man, Too Mean to Die is the best. It's up this is man. I think the best thing they've done since, yeah, since the modern era of Accept, I think it's just, man, there's not a bad song on it. It, The whole thing is just killer.
0: Yeah, I don't skip anything when I listen to it.
3: Uh Uh-uh, not at all. And I've been listening to it a lot in the last year because this was like the first album I bought in 2021. Yeah,
0: great album cover too.
3: Awesome album cover. Looks great, sounds great. Everything you could want out of an Accept album. You got it right there. How do you like that? 2021. You got accept in the top 10. You got Udo in the top 15. That's awesome. It's it was a good year.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I you know, I think we have a good variety going on today.
3: Yeah, I'm digging it. So far
0: so good. All right. So, we're down to my number 6 now. So, this album and band has a bit of a strange history. <laughs> so, uh, I'm talking about uh, well, last year the late great Bill Chavis from High Vol Music, who we lost mm-hmm. in the past year, rest in peace. Yeah, was raving to me about this band. Uh, me, me and Bill would have conver- we would have phone calls once in a while, and he would tell me what I would tell him what's up with Decibel Geek and Rockin' and Pod, and he would fill me in on what's going on with High Vol Music. And he he just loved this band Native Sons that he had just signed. Would rave especially about their singer Ashton Blake. And um, after he told me all about them, I checked out their album, The Natives Are Restless, and I was really impressed with what I heard. And uh, while many of my best of 2021 picks have a sound you can kind of identify with bands that came before them, I think Native Sons are kind of one of the more original bands among the ones that I picked. They do have a bit of a throwback vibe, but it leans more original. And um, the odd thing about this record is apparently, aside from Ashton, the band that recorded this is not in the band anymore. Um, hmm. Being in a young band is hard enough these days, and it's even tougher during a pandemic, so I don't doubt that, that had something to do with the shuffling of band members.
3: Yeah, you can't get out and make no money.
0: Right. Um, and the group they have together now has been very impressive live. Um, you can check it out on YouTube. There's a lot of great live clips of them, and uh, they've been building a really solid following and we were fortunate to have them at Rockin' pod this year and they're a really great group of young guys yeah and i'm sure we're going to hear more from them in the future uh but uh from native sons the natives are restless my favorite tracks on this album are silver lining the really great ballet called peacemaker and monster Love this band, and I, I do like that they have kind of a, a very—they have a throwback sound, but it's it's also quite unique too.
3: Right on, I dig it. Another fine example of yes, there are young new bands coming out that kick ass and rock, and that makes me happy.
0: Yeah, and I think um, I've heard some things behind the scenes about you know, because obviously High Vol music is no more with Bill passing, but yeah. I've heard that some other people that you and I are connected to are possibly working with them but i can't say anything publicly but yeah they're they're gonna be okay
3: the talent rises man you know people see it they know they're good and give them a chance give this band a chance go give them a like on facebook go check them out you know check out their stuff help a band like that stay alive and thrive
0: yeah i like them and uh i'm gonna stay in touch with them but uh, yeah we might might involve them with rock and pod next year
3: that'd be cool man they were cool dudes Yeah. yeah All right, so that brings me up to my number six. And this one, this one was probably the most interesting of my picks. The way, like like I said, my, my top 15 came together pretty quick. And then it was arranging them. And this one started out a little lower. And then I listened to it again. And it went up a couple of spots. And I listened to it. I was like, man, that's good. I'm going to listen to it again. And it went up a couple more spots. So what started out down in the 15-ish area has climbed all the way up to number six. And it's what started as a Tracy Gunn solo project encouraged by Frontiers Records that evolved into a collaboration between the L.A. Guns guitarist and striper frontman Michael Sweet, resulting in one of the heaviest albums either one of them has ever participated in. Not only do you get two giants of hard rock on this album, you also get multi-talented, multi-instrumentalist Adam Hamilton. That guy is phenomenal at every instrument ever invented. I'm not joking. On this one, he kills the drums, man. The drums are so good on this. Tracy said he wanted to pay tribute to his 17-year-old self and the music that he loved back then. So you'll get lots of elements of Black Sabbath, Heavy Led Zeppelin, Judas Priest, Dio, good stuff. The playing, I mean, he just rips on it. And you know what? That's perfect reason why Michael Sweet was the perfect guy to sing these songs and boy does he. One of the biggest surprises of twenty twenty one. Man, I wish they could tour on this and you know keep coming out with albums because I mean as good as LA Guns was, this one did it a little bit more for me. It just it rocks so hard and is so good.
0: It's a good record but they were a little bit false on how they were hyping it cuz like Michael Sweet kept saying stuff like it's a black metal record. No. And like I listened to it I'm like there's nothing black metal about this. No. No, it,
3: the album's called Evil and Divine and you know it's it's Sabbathy, it's Dio-like and People talk about the greatest guitar players of all time. You know, Rolling Stone, stupid-ass magazine, just came out with their list. Was Tracy Guns on their list?
0: I don't know. I didn't read it. <laughs> I'm sure
3: he wasn't, and therefore it makes it invalid because Tracy Guns is one of the greatest guitar players and songwriters of our time. You know, And when he partners up with Michael Sweet, gives Michael Sweet a chance to really rip loose on these songs, man. His singing on this is, is out of this world, man. And like I said, Adam Hamilton, the drums on it are just... You know, when you're talking about Sabbath and you're talking about Zeppelin and you're talking about Priest and Dio, you're talking about all these epic drummers, you know, in these bands. And that's kind of the way Adam plays it on here. And it really, it's badass, man. I love the whole thing. I don't think there's a bad song on it. And it's, to me, yeah, like I said, one of the biggest surprises of the year for me because I really didn't know that much about it. Got it. Didn't even listen to it at first. Got a couple of CDs at the same time. And that one kind of sat back. And then when I pulled out and listened to it, I was just completely blown away by it.
0: It's definitely different. I mean, I I do like... I need to listen to it a little more and dive more in. That's why I didn't really give it much of a day in court for my list. But uh, yeah, I need to listen to it more. I do like the song you picked, though.
3: That's my number six.
0: So we're up to my number. We're now to the top five for both of us.
3: Top five Decibel Geek albums of 2021.
0: All right, so this is a band that... I typically shied away from because I thought they were kind of a joke. <laughs> I mean I hate to say it. Um, do you you've heard of a band called Crazy Licks with two X's?
3: Yeah, they're awesome.
0: Well they're a Swedish glam metal band formed in Malmo in two thousand two. And um, you know, they, they like I've tried listening to them before and I've always just been kinda of like, ah, it just comes off kind of novelty like but uh Kinda.
3: I mean the, but they're paying triple. like this band would have been huge in like 86
0: probably and it, it's funny though because like the new record that came out is Street Lethal which I forgive them for ripping off a Racer X album title but um maybe that was intentional I don't know but uh I it's one of those it's, it's not that different than their other stuff but for some reason this album hooked me this past year and there's a lot of good songs on it and a lot of great hooks great guitar playing over-the-top productions got keyboards that sound straight out of the 80s um and i've had a lot of people go how are you not a a fan of crazy licks and i finally kind of caught the bug this year so from you know street lethal has a lot of good songs but my favorite on this album is a song called rise above and it sounds straight out of the cobra kai tv show
3: going to be influenced by something why not be that you know that that works for me
0: it's cheesy it's corny but at the same time it's a lot of fun
3: it's a lot of fun and the musicianship in it is badass and the guitars are killer and it's you know like i said 1986 aaron camaro and chris Sinzak would have been crazy about that band
0: yeah i just i used to think they were like cheesy but no, I'm kind of like, yeah i'm kind of on board now
3: yeah i like it they definitely wear their influences on their sleeve
0: on their sequence sleeve. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love it. All right. That's a good way to start out the top five. I got one here. Man, I knew this was going to be in my top five before I even heard the album. I said, you know, that I know it's going to be. So the Dead Daisies been around for quite a while. They started out as their own thing, and then after a while, John Karabi joined the band, and they came out with a bunch of great albums with him. And then not too long ago, it was announced that John Karabi was leaving the Dead Daisies. And I thought, oh, man, that sucks because, like, you take a guy like John Karabi and stick him in that band, and it's all hard rock songs, you know, straightforward rock. And that's that's always my favorite thing by a singer like that. You know, take guy like like John Carabi and it bummed me out when he was leaving the band and I didn't think nothing of it I thought well maybe that's the end of the Dead Daisies but no they come back and go hey we got a new singer well, who is it Glenn Hughes and it's like what Glenn Hughes in the Dead Daisies oh man that's gonna be awesome so the Dead Daisies they're a heavy rock band Doug Aldrich on guitar you know he rips and so when a guy like Glenn Hughes joins a project, and we've said this before on the show many a times, it becomes Glenn Hughes Black Country Communion, you know? Because yeah. Glenn Hughes is such an overpowering presence, not just with his voice, but with his bass and his songwriting, it becomes an overwhelming presence within a project or a different band that isn't Glenn Hughes that in a lot of ways, he takes it over and it becomes Glenn Hughes.
0: Right. All right.
3: Not to no fault of his own, just because of his natural awesomeness. He overtakes everything else around him. He doesn't even have to try. But for this, i got to tell you, this is a little bit different because with this, of course, you know, it's Glenn Hughes, the one-of-a-kind voice, the awesome songwriting, like I said, the amazing bass playing in it. But what you also get here is the fact that the Dead Daisies are such a great, straightforward rock band that the combination of the two really kind of brings glenn hughes up a level i think and so when you got glenn hughes which he does his own thing a lot of times and it's funky and it can be introspective ballads and things like that with the dead daisies it's just glenn hughes kicking ass and rocking why the Dead Daisy's Holy Ground is my number five Decibel Geek album of the year.
0: This album's grown on me a lot. I mean, initially, when I listened to it, I was like, ah, it just becomes a Glenn Hughes project. But actually, uh, the more I listen to it, the more I really enjoy it.
3: Like I said, I think they kind of elevate him with this, you know, where like other projects he's done in the past, he overtakes it through no fault of his own. I don't think he intends to overtake it. But with this, it was like a good combination where, I mean, Dead Daisy's got their own sound, musically. They're just a kick-ass rock band. And where Glenn Hughes is kind of all over the place sometimes, these guys reel him in and make him do the songs the way I like them. You know, right. so for me, it's perfect.
0: Yeah, I had a hard time with Karabi leaving, but, I mean, if you're going to replace him with anybody, Glenn Hughes is a pretty good one to yeah, replace Yeah, nobody's
3: going to complain, <laughs> you know, like, oh, man, we just lost our lead singer. He was awesome. Yeah, well, Glenn Hughes is available. What? Who Who is that other guy? I can't remember old singer's name anymore. Yeah. Alright, so that brings us up to your number four.
0: This is, uh, you know, you've heard from a lot of your favorites on this one. You've heard from a few new ones. This is a band that I don't think anybody that listens to this show knows. If you do, put it in the comment section. Have you heard of a band called the Dust Coda? Never. Me neither until about a week ago. Oh, cool. <laughs> I started uh, looking for you know, ideas for this list, and, although I think maybe one listener may have suggested this, and my apologies to you if I don't know your name, but uh, the, they put an album called The Mojo Skyline on Earache Records, and this is the surprise record of the year for me. Uh, another in the great newish crop of throwback groups, kind of like Dirty Honey and Greta Van Fleet. There's a lot of diversity in the tunes on this record. You'll get ACDC-infused stadium sing-alongs, as well as garage type Rival Sons songs. And uh, kind of southern rock melody and textures on some of the more laid-back songs. It's really like a blender of styles. The production is top-notch on this record, and uh, I'm definitely going to order this record for my collection because it's that good. Uh, my favorite songs from this album are Breakdown, Dream a Light, and Limbo Man. of a curveball but uh really really good stuff and i expect to hear more from this band in the future
3: what's it called again
0: the dust coda is the, the name dust of the band. coda
3: i'm gonna have to do as i tell everybody else to do and at the very least go on their facebook page give them a like and said chris sinzak tell me about this
0: <laughs> please do because i was very impressed with this and i've heard more songs by them and i'm like damn this band's really really good
3: well, i mean that's saying something to make your top five of the year being a band that I've never heard of before. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued. The the clip sounds great. Yeah, I want more of that.
0: Well, you know, like last year, um, Red City Radio was one. of You know, the band out of Oklahoma that just kind of took me by surprise. And this is kind of that version of that band this year for me, where it's throwback sound, but it's fresh. And um, yeah, I think uh, you'll dig this if you order the record.
3: Oh, kind of like Prowess back in 2020.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me that I'm wrong. Oh man! Like, Aaron, it. why why didn't you pick twenty one twelve by Rush?
3: It yeah. ain't twenty one twelve yet. Exactly. Wow, that's awesome. I love that. Well, I've got one that I think everybody's probably heard of that listens to this show for my number four pick of the year. This was one I'm always excited when new music comes out by this band. One of my all-time favorite guitar players. I'm talking about Black Label Society. Yep. Came out with a new album on November 26th. Hits badass. It's called Doom Crew Incorporated. It's everything that you would want or expect out of a Black Label Society album. It's got like the heavy metal, it's got the groove metal, it's got the hard rock. It's even got a couple of southernish, you know, kind of southern rock-sounding songs and it's got a couple of ballads on there. My wife loves Black Label Society ballads, you know. So when I got this, I was excited to play it for her because I knew she would love those songs. For me, mm, I like the heavier stuff, Set You Free, Destroy and Conquer. You Make Me Want to Live is a great song, but one of my favorites on here is a song called Forsaken. label society baby and when they come out with a new album you can almost guarantee they're going to be in my top 10 maybe even my top five maybe even my top two this year it's number four and i love it zach wild going back to do some more stuff with ozzy that's supposed to be coming out this next year that should be cool but in the meantime comes out with a damn good album for the black label society that stands up with anything that they've ever done this album is outstanding
0: yeah, this one would have made my list too. Um, I and when it came out, the, the record company sent me a copy of it, and I listened to the hell out of this thing for like over a week. And the thing about Black Label is, you know, like you mentioned, you know, your wife likes the ballads. They're a lot more diverse than a lot of general music listeners might think. You know, it's yeah. not just really the heavy stuff. There's a lot of diversity on their records.
3: Yeah, because even the light stuff that he does is really good. I mean, this guy. I guess, he if you spend enough time around Ozzy, you become a damn fine songwriter in your own right, you know, and he's got it down.
0: Yeah, I would think so.
3: Yeah, easy pick for my top five. Number four, Black Label Society, Doom Crew Inc. If you haven't heard it, you better go out and get it because you're missing out on some good.
0: Good stuff. All right, so we're down to the top three top for each of
3: three. us. Top
0: three. This is where it could, everything could be interchangeable on the, at least for mine, I don't know about you, but... Uh, the The top three could, any of these could go either way, but alright, top three, my number three, this is the most you know, if you thought Wigwam was a weird band name <laughs> my uh, number three is the most oddly named band on my list, but this Finnish melodic rock band sounds awesome on their third record I'm talking about, about a band called Temple Balls, have you heard of Temple Balls Aaron? Mm-mm. It's a weird name isn't it? Yeah, Temple Balls they put out a record called Pyromide on Frontiers this year. The production on it's great. It's got punchy guitars, it's got slamming drums, catchy hook-laden melodic rock. It's uh, it's a The band name is odd, but uh, and they've been around for a while, but uh, they really got me on this new record, Pyromide. My favorite songs are Thunder from the North, Long Ways, Long Lies, and Bad, Bad, Bad. My
2: way, your way, let's get on. Let our bodies take command Try it like it. I won't fight it Just ride along with you go Take
0: it, I and you don't get any more like old school 80s than bad 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 i think i love yeah. the, the i love the uh, the attitude behind that song and the production's great too temple balls yeah, it's a stupid band name.
3: I love it. I think it's a great name.
0: <laughs> Do you? <Yeah. laughs> I love the record. I just don't like the name.
3: It conjures imagery, but I don't know what I'm seeing.
0: I, I don't know if I like what I'm seeing. <laughs> <but> yeah.
3: <laughs> That's pretty cool, though, man. Discovering something new and it ends up in your top three. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really, really good stuff. And, you know, the whole record is real solid, too.
3: Right on. That's good. Good stuff all right here's my number three this is easily my highest anticipated album of 2021 when i heard this was coming out i was so happy so happy because this is one of my favorite rockers it's come out with a bunch of great albums over the years i was a fan of them way back in the kill for thrills days most people know about them from taking over for izzy stradlin in guns N' roses or they just like to hear Chris Sinzak give me a hard time about him all the time.
1: But I'm talking about
3: <laughs> Gilby Clark, his first new full length studio album in nearly two decades. Yep. And waiting a long time for a new Gilby Clark album. You know, he does all kinds of different stuff. He had a bad motorcycle accident a few years ago and that kinda sidelined him for a while and you know, for a minute there it didn't look like I was ever gonna get any new music from Gilby Clark and Man, he really truly is one of my favorites. He's got that kind of like old school stone swagger in the stuff yep. that he does. And his new album is called The Gospel Truth. It's just badass, man. I For something that I was so looking forward to, you know, really a huge fan of Gilby Clark and was looking forward to it so much, you know, my expectations were so high that this could have easily been a letdown. But it's not, man. This album is perfect there's not a bad song on the whole thing got some cool guest appearances from guys like Steven Perkins playing drums even Nikki Six shows up on this album like I said the whole thing is really killer I've been waiting a long long time and Gilby Clark man brother you brought it back strong please if this is any kind of vision of what you can do please please keep them coming bringing gilby clark back because man this is mm, i love it one of the albums i probably listened to the most out of the year really had a hard time fighting with this one between number two and number three but eventually i said okay this is my list i'm just i'm not gonna change it no more i've already changed it enough so for number three the gospel truth by gilby clark i
0: love it did you listen to it at all I did. I'm going to I'm not going to lie. I liked it a lot Aha. actually. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, and, and you're right. It's got like that Stonesy swagger to yeah, it.
3: Yeah, the whole thing, man. It's just great. Gilby Clark, I don't know if he's been saving all these amazing songs for the last two decades and just finally released them or if he wrote all new songs for it. I have no idea, but it is easily One of my favorite albums of 2021. And like I said, the one that I was looking forward to the most because when you're a fan of somebody and they don't put out music for 20 freaking years, it's pretty special when they finally do.
0: Yeah, what I like about it is that you can tell he just did the album he wanted to make. He wasn't aiming for, you know, hits or whatever. He just wanted to do the record he wanted to do.
3: And that's the way he's always been. You know, and that's why I appreciate him so much. He doesn't have no delusions of, you know, his album going to number one on the Billboard charts or nothing. He just writes great rock songs and he plays great rock songs. He's got a cool voice. You know, he's not, you know, you don't think of Gilby Clark as being, you know, an Axl Rose or a, you know, Glenn Hughes or somebody like that, but he's got his own distinct style, you know, and I, I like that. You know, that's kind of the same way I'm a big Ace Fraley fan. You know, yeah, he wasn't the most beautiful singer in Kiss, but he's got the most unique voice and he's my favorite, you know, and that's, that kind of falls into guys like Gilby Clark too. You know, when you sound unique, you write just great straight up rock songs and have done it, you know, consistently up to 2001, man, it's just, I'm, I feel so good about it because I waited so long for it and it wasn't a letdown in the least. It was, it was even better than what I expected it to be. Like, I was so excited for it that, like I said, your expectations for something like that are massive and then when it comes out and you listen to it it was like this is better than i could even imagine it was going to be it's a it's a great feeling you know so thank you gilby clark for that because you made me very happy in 2021 with this new album
0: well and i mean i my i give aaron grief about gilby clark just because it's funny to do i don't really hate the guy (laughs) i mean it's like it's not a it's not a thing that uh i do intentionally it's just I mean, he's he's a decent artist. I mean, I'll give him credit for that. And I like the fact that he's still putting original material out. It's good. Um, now, I mean, I'll still give you shit for loving the Iron Maiden album, but that's different.
3: Well, that's why Maiden's at 11 and Gilby Clark's number three. Well, there you go. If I ain't going to get skewered for that.
0: So my top two are going to be no surprise to anyone who knows me and knows the show. And not going to be a surprise to you. But uh, we're going to do it anyway. All right, let's do yeah, so, it. My number two is going to be Volbeat, Servant of the Mind. Wow. Um, it's no secret they're one of my favorite bands of the past 20 years. Uh, their earlier albums, such as Guitar Gangsters and Cadillac Blood and Beyond Hell and Above Heaven, showcased them as a genre-bending powerhouse, easily towing a line between the Ramones, Metallica, and Johnny Cash, among other influences. See that? 2016 sealed the deal, and its boogies showed an evolution into a more commercial sound while still keeping the crunchy swagger of earlier albums. However, 2019's Rewind, Replay, Rebound was a bit of a disappointment to me outside of a few songs. I worried that they might might have lost their mojo. But 2021's Servant of the Mind put those fears to rest. It's Volbeat at their melodic meets thrash best. It's a perfect mix of catchy hooks and thrashy riffs. It's exactly what I want from this band. My only critique is it's a bit long. If two or three songs were cut from this record, it would be perfect. Uh, My favorite song from this... My favorite songs from this album are Temple of Eker, Wait a Minute My Girl, Doggin' Four, Shotgun Blues, and Becoming. song you can hear the they straddle between death metal hard rock Pop, rock, everything. And that's what I love about the band. You never know what to expect from them.
3: See, and I wondered about that, you know, because I know you're a huge Volbeat fan. And I remember the last time they had an album come out, it didn't even make your top 15. And I was blown nope. away by that because I was like, what? You didn't include Volbeat. That's, that's your guys, you know. How can you not include them? And so when the new album was coming out, I thought, well, I wonder if this is going to be an album that can reel Chris back in. Because I knew you were a huge fan, but I knew you also kind of fell off with that last album and so it's good to see that they were able to win you back over
0: well i do love when they do poppy type stuff but they went way too far into that direction and it's like you gotta have a little bit of the metal in there too and and there's like some seriously heavy songs on this record but uh there's also also some pop stuff like wait a minute my girls just straight up pop rock song but i love it but then shotgun blues has a little bit of a mix and then becoming the song i picked it's got a huge mix of stuff, but uh, yeah, that's what I love about them. Is like they'll go from two, three genres within a song, and that's what I love about them.
3: Right on. That's cool. Not bad. Number two. That brings me up to my number two. It's a band that means a lot to us around here. I'm talking about Resist and Bite. Oh, yeah. Resist and Bite was formed in early 2019 by Tommy Skio. We were lucky. We got to learn all about that before it was even really a known thing. That's true. Because we got to go out and hang out with Tommy Skio and had him on the Decibel Geek podcast and did an Elms Unleashed with him, which was amazing. Super cool guy. Fun to be around. Not only that, we got to meet the rest of the guys in the band. That day, we went up there and talked to them. Talking about David Parks, Steve Stokes, Brian Powell, and Nathan Utz. Good people. Really good people. Really great band. And then... We find out we're going to have them playing at Rockin' Pod. They were awesome. And, man, did they deliver the goods, man. They were so good. The band spent most of 2019 writing and recording. They made themselves known to the world. And then on February 29th that year, they uh, released their first song, The Myth I'm Living." They played it, the world debut of that song, right here in Nashville on Metalworks, our good friend Lonnie used to do that show on 105.9 The Rock
0: I miss that show
3: what the hell is wrong with you 105.9 The Rock (laughs)
0: that was so good
3: you know there was a little bit of time there where I'd call The Rock like once a week and be like when are you bringing back Metalworks
0: (laughs) (laughs) they really should that show was amazing
3: I did it like once a week I would make myself remember to call and then after over time I just kind of forgot I need to start doing that again 105.9 105.9 the Rocks, a local rock station. We got here, classic rock. But then on Saturday nights, as Chris and I got to be guests on the show with Lonnie, it, we, it was amazing. It was like an old school radio rock show, kind of like a metal shop or something like that. You know, just like metal just like metal, shop, metal yeah. shop. Yeah, totally. And maybe even a little better. You know, I think I liked I like Metalworks a little better, even. You know, because Lonnie was such a good guy, and he was so into the music and he was legit, you know. He was he's Lonnie is so legit that for his love for this music, you know, so everything came off is so good on that show. And so that's where they chose to debut it for the world was right here in Nashville on Lonnie's show Metalworks. Damn you 1059. What the hell are you thinking of? Ooh it makes me mad. <laughs> so it was recorded, it was released, had a little EP come out beforehand. They played at Rock and Pod. They were amazing. This band man holy shit. We are Skio is known for Tesla, obviously, but this is a whole nother animal, this resistant bite. And while they were able to take some good heavy Tesla songs when they played live and perform them amazingly, resistant bite isn't really, you know, it's not Tesla by no means, you know, it's, it's a little heavier. It's a little more, you know, got a little more bite to it, resistant bite, you know, so (laughs) I love it. I think it's just amazing. It, I can't wait to hear what these guys keep coming up with. I mean, they're such a solid band. Obviously, they're going to be around for a while. Surely, there's going to be more songs written and more albums that come out. And if they can follow up their debut album with something just as good, if not better, I'll be completely blown away. Because for a band to come out with a debut album like this, and it'd be so good right off the bat, you just can't mess with it, man. Resistant bite. Yeah, easily in the top of my list. Today, I'm gonna rank them at number 2. Nice. So what you think about that? I know that they would have been on your list. I know they would have been.
1: Oh
0: yeah. And you picked the exact song I would have picked, too. Cuz that was uh that song when we when they played it at Rock and Pot. I remember I texted David the next day and I was like, that song bombs is the shit. Yeah. And he was like, Well, I hope you like the rest of the record. I was like, I'm sure I will, but that song is the fucking shit.
3: Well, and that's the thing, <laughs> that the whole album is really good. You know, I could you could pick any song off there to showcase and it would be fine because they're all damn good and they're all great representations of what that band is. Straightforward, kick you in your face, hard rock. Mm, I love it. It's great. If you don't have resistant bite in your collection, you may not be as big a rock fan as you think you are.
0: Yeah, for real. I, I really loved it. I hope the, And I already saw they're, they're looking at doing another record already.
3: Fantastic. That's the best news I've heard all day.
0: Yeah, I love those guys. Great people. Uh, and Nathan Newts, very underrated vocalist. Oh, he's amazing, so good. Amazing singer.
3: So there you have it. That only leaves us each with one pick left. The top right. albums of the Decibel Geek list of 2021. Here we go. Chris, are you ready? Everybody wants to know, what's your number one album of 2021?
0: You already know what it is. I know
3: what it is. I wouldn't even had to look <laughs> at the list and I'd have known what it was. The same band oh, it man. always is when they come out with an album no. that year.
0: And I'm going to mention that. You would have thought most people would think that Eclipse would be my slam dunk for album of the year, but I did prove that wasn't the case in 2019.
3: Well, it is your slam dunk for album of the year this year.
0: Well, it's Eclipse.
3: But they were what? But, uh, number 2 or number 3 anyway?
0: Well, they were number 2 in Well, there you go.
3: <laughs> no surprise.
0: Uh Flotsam and Jetsam beat oh, them yeah, in Yeah, that's right. That was
3: in that's still crazy to me.
0: The Rise of Chaos. That's a fucking amazing metal yeah, record, dude. It is. I mean, it it's uh it, and I wish that the new record Blood in the Water would have been like that, but it wasn't quite as good. But uh Yeah, Eclipse returns to the number one spot on my list. And uh, the album is called Wired, came out on Frontiers. I can't overestimate how great this band is. The hooks, the songwriting, the playing, the vocals, everything. Uh, Eric Martinson is just a master of writing rock songs. And uh, I hope one day that we'll eventually get to see them play here in Nashville because I would love to see them live. Um, But yeah, Wired came out on Frontiers, and the whole album from front to back is Killer. My favorite songs are Saturday Night Hallelujah, Bite the Bullet, and the album opener, Roses on Your Grave. Eclipse just killing it again this year. Just amazing rock and roll. And if you don't own this record, you're a moron. You should.
3: They're it. a great band, no doubt about it. And you are their biggest cheerleader on the face of the earth. But you can't deny it. It's it truly is amazing.
0: Yeah, they're just they're so good. Like if it was you know 1990 or whatever, they would be humongous.
3: Well, that's what I was gonna say too. You know, with a band that damn good, it's amazing to me that rock stations across the United States have not picked up on that.
0: Because they don't play new music. <laughs>
3: but you would think, you know, if you, if you wanted to build something and say, you know, hey, we're, you know, this is a band that I think you could play on a new rock station, I think people would call the station and be like, what was that, and want to buy their albums.
0: You would think so. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm glad you guys that listen to, are, are paying attention because, This is the stuff you're missing out on radio.
3: Yeah. We're here to fill that void for you. Yeah, so no surprise, Chris Sinzak's got this band at number one. I didn't doubt it for a second, Eclipse. It's damn good. There's no denying it. Yeah. All right, so that means I got one left.
0: Are you going to shock us with your number one? I don't
3: think so. I don't know if it's going to be a big surprise or not. I can tell you, uh, making second appearances on the list, well, third, would be a second appearance for Philip Schaus, and the third appearance for Decibel Geek Drummer of the Year, Matt Starr. <laughs> can you imagine being on three albums in the top, well, together, 30, I guess?
0: Well, was he on three? One of yours, oh, two of mine. Oh, no shit. Yeah, that's true. Yes, because he was on Seven Ravens for me.
3: Yep. And so, what I want to talk about is my number one favorite album of the year. I hope you guys got to meet Brandon Fields at Rockin' Pod, because he is one awesome dude. He decided he was going to put together an album in the face of COVID. The most shittiest thing to happen out of the last several years. This is an album that might not have happened if not for COVID. There's a lot to be said for a band getting together in the studio, playing all their songs together. But every once in a while, you get like a weird project where, you know, in the case of the quarantines and stuff, these guys can't actually be hanging out with each other. So Jeremy Asprock from Ace Fraley Band, from Gene Simmons Band, from the Rock and Roll Residency, all that good stuff, he's good friends with Brandon, and Brandon's got songs, and songs that need to be heard are to be recorded. So they reach out to a couple of people. They get Matt Starr, you know, Decibel Geek Drummer of the Year. <laughs> and they also reach out to Todd Kearns. Now, KISS fans know That's Todd awesome. Kearns because of the stuff he does with the Kulik brothers. Or he did. Great yeah. player. Great player, awesome singer. Kills all that 80s Paul Stanley when he's playing with Bruce. You does. Oh, love it. So they get together, they do these songs, they get him, and they go, okay, we'll do a couple of songs. But then it works out so good, and it's like, well, man, you know, you should do the rest of the album. The first thing we heard off of that was the cover of All-American Man by Kiss. That was cool. Very cool. Did you know originally they were trying to get Sebastian Bach to do that? I didn't know that. Yeah, they couldn't get it to work out. That would be cool to hear. Yeah, it would have been cool. Todd Kearns kills it, though. Does yeah. just fine without Sebastian Bach. Who needs you? Because this album don't. Brandon sings a couple of songs on here. Jeremy even sings a song on here. And it's just the most fun album. It is, without a doubt, the album that I listened to the most in 2021. Because once I got it and heard it the first time, I was blown away. I was like, holy shit, you know? These songs are amazing. I listened to it again. Then it's the summertime, and that's the album, the CD. I got in my CD player in the car, cranking it up while I'm driving around. Awesome driving music. I told Brandon at and Pod, you know, if the year ended right now, I think Minefield would probably be my album of the year. I think he said something like, oh, I hope no other good albums come out between now and then. <laughs> well, right. Let me tell you something, brother, a lot of good albums came out between then and now and still my number one album of the year, the self-titled debut from Minefield. If you folks out there You listen to the same kind of stuff we do. You've listened to our whole countdown. You know what we're all about. If you're a Kiss fan, if you're a Crew fan, a Guns N' Roses fan, something along those lines, hard rock, well-written songs, melodies, amazing guitar, strong bass and drums, amazing vocals, this album's got it all. It's got it all. There's not a stinker on the whole thing. Every song is worthwhile on here. I'm telling you, I love it. I love it a lot. I hope, because even though this was definitely kind of a quarantine project, I really hope some more of this comes out. I mean, it's so good, man. It would just be a heartbreaker if this was just a one-off thing. Yeah. If you don't have Minefield, you better get off your ass and go get it. I'm telling you, it is the number one album, in my opinion, of 2021. Yeah, yeah. decibel geek top 15 albums a piece of 2021 i'm sure you guys found some favorites i'm sure you found some stuff you think we're crazy and we disagree on (laughs) that's what the comment section's for when you see this posted on the facebook or on twitter or you see it if it ends up being a youtube video hit those comments you know tell us tell us what you think you know did we get it right did we get it wrong where did we get it right and where did we get it wrong because everybody's different. Everybody agrees and disagrees. We're all pretty much on the same wavelength, but we're not exactly the same. So we all got our own opinions on stuff. You think I'm crazy p- for putting Gilby Clark that high? And then Chris is nuts for totally discarding the Iron Maiden album?
0: Hey, my list is better than
3: yours. I don't think so, man. Your list is pretty damn good. Yours wouldn't even had Alice Cooper on it
0: well let's go list versus list who's who had the better list you say in the comment section my list or aaron's list
3: okay that's interesting you're probably gonna wish you hadn't said that but (laughs) i'm confident (laughs) i got the dead daisies black label society and resistant bite on my team and accept and udo i mean come Uh, on
0: you can have name recognition that doesn't make up for a great record
3: that's true but in this case, all these albums were great. So, out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of albums that came out in 2021, these are our favorites. And we think you should check them out. And if you got a young band on this list and you check them out and you do like them, give them some love, give them some support, and tell them you heard it right here on the Decibel Geek podcast.
0: Happy New Year.
3: Happy New Year, everybody. We got a big year planned, our 11 year anniversary.
0: Woohoo! We go to 11
3: can't wait to celebrate it with you all year long.
0: See ya
1: It's winter time. When temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.